dog girl. Hot dog girl. There we go. I just need to. I just need to speak up a bit. Look. Okay. So here's the story with hot dog. I don't want to know it yet. We're talking about it after the bells. <laughs> I, but I just want to tell you about. Okay. Hot... Fine. Okay. Uh, so I was looking through my library app to see what other books this audiobook narrator had done because she sounded familiar, <laughs> and That's I the saw. Thing I've heard. <laughs> and and the title. Of this one book was Hot Dog Girl, and she is wearing a hot dog costume in like a night, like a cute little illustration. Okay, you know, but and I was just like, I need to know what this book is about. And it was like, sometimes you're the princess, or like you want to be the princess, <laughs> but you end up being the hot dog girl. Hot and dog it's like girl? so relatable, right? Um, <laughs> so I picked it up, and I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. I thought it was just gonna be like. You're like you have you're a super fan of narrators now. No, I was just curious what else she had done because I thought she seemed familiar. It was like checking like IMDb. Okay, okay. You know, but then when I was going through the list, I was so like, was "Well, that seems girl. interesting." Yeah, we can talk about Hot Dog Girl later. Hey, this is gonna be a long episode. Sorry, everybody. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Let's do the intro first. <laughs> Welcome to the Fargon Conclusion podcast, covering every episode of the FX TV show Fargo. My name is Tiffany. <laughs> and I'm Cody, and this week we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 9, A Fox, A Rabbit, and A Cabbage. Cody, what kind of pie are you having from Lou's Diner? That's, you know what? I, I didn't see this question coming. I'm, I'm glad you asked it, because he only had cherry and apple, right? If I remember correctly. Ooh, I should, I should know no, no, this, no. but... I think... I, don't worry. Would you go... I would go apple over cherry, I think. Cherry pie sounds terrible. I've never had it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a pie person much anyway, and I'm not a cherry person really. Like specifically eating cherries, like cherry flavor, okay. But like actually eating cherries is like way too, too tart for me. It's like a weird <laughs> mouth texture that I'm not into. So I but would in cherry pie, you're eating like about sixty cherries. A slice I know, of pie. so it That's like so it's like amplified, like the the discomfort I have with one cherry, but like Maybe, maybe the hotness would make it... Uh, who knows? Just stick with apple. Yeah, apple's a classic. Yeah. You can't go wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I'd go apple. Okay. <laughs> that was a great question. Yeah. I thought really hard about it. My brain started to hurt almost. Oh, God. All right. Uh, we got some episode details. This episode aired June 10th, 2014. Sure did. It was written by... Who do you think, Cody? No app. <laughs> no, a, wait, his name is No A. Holly, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. perfect. You got it, you got it. Um, <laughs> and it was directed by Matt Shackman, who I was really excited about because oh this name sounded familiar, and I couldn't figure <laughs> it out until um, until I pulled up IMDb. And uh, the big one that I remembered was he did all of the episodes of WandaVision, which you haven't seen, right? Oh, wait, he directed the whole thing? Yeah, he did all of the episodes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I haven't seen WandaVision, no. Uh, I think it's really common for, um, like, limited series to hmm. do, like, one director for the whole season. Okay. Or the whole series, yeah. potentially. Um, 
so yeah, I was definitely heard his name a ton when <laughs> when uh, I was watching WandaVision. He did an episode of Succession, which is a show we get to talk about after the bells after later. The bells. And uh, Game of Thrones, the season two episodes in season seven, uh, one of which is the Spoils of War, where Danny gets to debut her her dragons in action. Yeah, in in actual in oh, what's it called Westeros? <laughs> that yeah, scared me for a second. Where what's that area south of? Oh God, I don't know. This with place. the Tyrells. The no, it's not the. Oh God, we're bad High Game of Thrones Gar- fans. High Garden. High Garden. Nailed it's it. High Garden. Nailed so yeah. Well, as they're coming back through High Garden and uh <laughs> we get that lovely little uh cliffhanger of is Jamie Lannister dead? Yep. Of course not. No. Um still only one hand though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um a number of episodes of Psych, uh, House, You're the Worst, The Good Wife, and It's Always Sunny, which I think like that show's been going on for so long. It has so many episodes. It's like a rite of passage yeah. for someone to just direct It's Always Sunny. They're in the middle of season 16 right now, I think. Yeah. You just keep going. It's crazy. Uh, that show's made me cry before. Did we talk about that last night? Which, uh... <laughs> when Matt comes out in the prison with the ballet... The dancing? I cried. I didn't cry, but it was beautiful. Yes. Tom cried. It was so good. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because you've known that, like, I've known that character for so long mm-hmm. that him doing that and his dad rejecting him and Frank accepting him. I was just like, no, Mac! <laughs> I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of, like, dancing and, like, choreography. It was so good. That's and the production thing too. In, in TV shows. There's the show, um, Amy Sherman Paladino after Gilmore Girls. She did a show called Bunheads, and it was about, like, ballet dancers. And I, like, initially was sort of, yeah, the story's okay, whatever. Like, I like Gilmore Girls for the story, not for, you know... Coffee. Yeah, whatever (laughs) Rory's exciting reading habits. But they, the way that they incorporated, like, the dance into the episodes (laughs) and, like, using it to, like, express different things. And even, it's just kind of impressive with uh, thinking about how you film that and yeah. court, like block um, people dancing on screen it's yeah, no, it's, it's a lot more of a production yes yeah, it's, it's it's that's that kind of shit is super crazy even like uh did you ever see hail caesar Mm-mm. Oh, there's a whole channing tatum dance sequence which you know he was also in those step what's it called step it up or step up movies magic mike he was also in magic mike but he was in those okay. dance movies <laughs> Well, we were talking about Magic Mike earlier, and... But yeah, choreographing that kind of shit. Don't confuse It's got to be such a production and people just moving moving parts. Yeah. How do you even deal with that? Yeah, well, and I just think a lot about, like, when there's crowds and they're, like, they... <laughs> a lot of times they'll, like, start kind of, like, in the crowd or something and, yeah. like, pulling away and still being able to get those angles. And, you know, with acting, it takes... They just splice stuff together. Yeah pretty easily but I, I feel like that's a lot harder with... yeah you gotta hit your marks you gotta you have to sing well you, you know they probably do ADR obviously but like yeah. you still have to your mouth has to be yeah. doing the right thing so much to think about anyway yeah <laughs> tangent over um but he he directed a ton of things if you're curious definitely check out his IMDB yeah, this, this Matt Chapman dude sounds like badass um I tried to pull most of the ones where there was um a few Bigger chunks. I wonder, if, after doing WandaVision, if he'll be, like, all up in the MCU stuff. 
Ooh, maybe I'll get a movie. <laughs> I mean, getting all nine episodes of, like... Uh, it was a big w- deal. WandaVision won Emmys, right? I'm not certain about that, personally, but I, I mean, you know, it was... Wait, no, was it the second? Because they did Loki first, I think. No. I don't have Disney+, Plus, so I'm not an expert. Um, was WandaVision first? Yes. That being their premiere show. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Because they also have... Their, it felt way more like a prestige show, like... Yeah. What you get on HBO, then, like, Loki felt like more of a What's the Olsen MC. sister's name? Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I was going to say Emily. I knew I was wrong. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen's awesome as well. She's just an awesome actress. Yeah. I just, I still uh, can't get over that, like, she was so far in the background with Mary-Kate and Ashley <laughs> at the forefront, and, like, everybody was obsessed with them for... Like I don't know, fifteen, twenty years or something, <laughs> and then they just kind of fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, you ain't shit, Mary Kate and Ashley. You hear me? It's all about your older sister. <laughs> hey, do not talk about Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen that way. They're goddamn shit. national treasures. Did you watch all their movies growing up? I have, uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> I watched. I have like the VHS for Passport to Paris oh, and. God. Um, <laughs> Damn, I can't remember the other ones. There's a Australia one. They did a bunch. There was a lot. Yeah, but they also had like all kinds of books that were like yeah, yeah. various levels of like how old they were. You know, like they so they you were grew up. they were creating their own kind of content outside of like Full House or whatever you know movies they might participate in. They were at the forefront of it for so long <laughs> before Paris Hilton and. What's her face? The Lionel Richie's daughter <laughs> took over for them. Yeah, they never really did. They they didn't have any drug issues or anything like that, did they? I I think there was probably some speculation. I don't care to. One of them was in Weeds. I remember that. I really liked Weeds, and one of them is in season three Weeds. Interesting. I feel like they stopped kind of. They're probably so rich. Who gets you know? Yeah, just having a good time. I'm just trying to think like. <laughs> If I've seen them in, I can't think of anything I've seen them in where they weren't the star Being outside of. Actually. Yeah, like um, they had like a New York Minute. I think it was was like their last movie before they turned eighteen or something, <laughs> or after eighteen. Anyway, we are really okay. Don't worry, I'm gonna edit this down a little bit. <laughs> okay, the new, new cast. New cast in this episode. Um, we have. Um, the, the wives, um, or I guess Gemma's a a girlfriend, right? Ain't their fiance, he's proposed to her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Helena Matson. I didn't see anything that stood out to me. I don't, she looked familiar, but I didn't, didn't find anything. And then, um, Jennifer Copping is, uh, Burt Canton's wife, Louise. But then we get the big dog. And you want to talk about... I know him from a couple of things, but I feel like mm-hmm. you. Well, so so Stephen Root as <laughs> as Burt Canton. Yeah, Stephen Root. I mean, just, tell me everything you know and love about. Well, it's just I grew up on King of the Hill, and he's Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Okay. And from that, also he Office Space, he plays Milton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and just it, he's he's like a bit character in so many great things in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. You know, he's he's in. Um, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, he's in 
uh, No Country for Old Men, he's in Hail Caesar, he, you know, it's just, he does, and it's all just tiny parts, but it seems like they write specifically for him, because he plays such this, he plays a great, goofy, yeah. you know, character actor. And so, I, I, I love Stephen Root and everything he's in, I'm always excited to see him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you like him in this role? Birdie Bert? Yeah. You know what I think he deserves? Aces. <laughs> <laughs> For for those of you listening, I did the finger guns at the same time. Yeah, yeah. can't can't do it without that. Okay, you ready to break down the episode? I sure am. So let's go inside of a mouth. Yeah. Oh, and speak. Uh, pull up the script if you're cool with that, because yeah. Um, so we're inside of a mouth. There's dental work being done with uh, Lauren slash new name Mike doing a little bit of voiceover and if you don't mind reading this is such a good uh yeah trick of what's happening <laughs> it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah if you don't mind reading a little bit of that because just because I I we watched this episode together a few days ago and then I rewatched a little bit of it today just in preparation and this was a really cool speech and this is any animal. Pig, gopher, chicken. They go long enough without sleep, you start to see abnormalities, behavior-wise. First, there's the inability to concentrate and perform certain fine motor skills. Then you start to see, and the army did studies on this in the 50s, the effect of sleep deprivation on the human brain. I know, because a buddy of mine's dad was the subject back during the Korean conflict. I mean, shit, Ray. What's the longest you've ever gone without sleep? <laughs> Mumbles. Thank you, Cody. You're welcome. Uh, five days for me. This was back in dental school. Marty Perlmutter stole a prescription pad, wrote us all a script for amphetamine so we could cram for finals. Boy, howdy, I tell you, after three days of no sleeping, I was an animal. All right, me and... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, and so then the, the dental work ends. Yeah. But it's it's kind of interesting that he would tell his dental patient that he studied for his finals on amphetamines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's definitely uh, an interesting interesting story to tell as as you got your hands in someone's yeah. mouth, but You're you know, you're drilling somebody's tooth. <laughs> I, I always find it interesting the level of acceptance that people have around like recreational use of substances <laughs> or not like it's like everybody seems like oh yeah that's fine and then when it is sort of like oh no that's unprofessional it's like yeah. well everybody knows <laughs> you're doing it or whatever <laughs> i don't know yeah seriously and especially because <clears throat> apparently you know he's only been in this he's been working at this dentist office for six months mm -hmm. according to i think details that come out as we watch this episode so like He's being, he's very intimate with this yeah. uh, patient of his, as well as Birdie Bird. I think it tells you, to me, it tells, like, tells the level of chaos that he's comfortable with, where rather than just sort of keeping things close to, like, you know, not really talking much or uh, trying to make sure that he comes across a certain way, mm -hmm. he's going to be, like, personable and, like, kind of almost take that risk. And he's very good at it. And he's good at it. So it pays off. And, you know, I almost wonder if he, like, sometimes, like, can't, what weirder thing can I say <laughs> that, and still, like, not have anyone suspect me of. Yeah, because even, like, when he was at that hotel and had that kid pee in the, the 
ladies, you know, it, it's just, it's always like, yeah, how can I push the envelope for no reason at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, testing his control and his power, because I think we talked about that in the episode where he's standing on top of the grocery store. Yes, like, exactly. he didn't need to be there, but he wanted to, like, revel in, I caused this. I made this happen. <laughs> um, yeah, goddamn. So, yeah, I think it really is... Uh, he loves it. He loves what he does. He's challenging himself with mm-hmm. with these characters that he's... And just everything that he's doing. And he's... No, you know, there's very little negative side effects for him. He just keeps going. Anyway. So... Uh, so his assistant, Gemma, who he is having relations with, uh, you know, exits the room and Bertie Bert comes in. Uh, they're talking about a, a, a party at Mike quote-unquote's house mm-hmm. is having, and uh, Birdie Bird's wife, Wheezy, is going to bring some five-layer bean dip. Aren't you excited? Have you ever had a dip that had multiple layers yes, going absolutely. on? My mom makes five-layer dip. Oh, is it good? Well, it's white people bean dip. Mm. <laughs> I think that a lot of times, um, any type of, to me, like any type of um, layered dish that actually needs to be in a container is a little bit like it's overwhelming for it's you? a little bit gross to me <laughs> like just the thought of having that many but i'm also i don't like mixing a ton of flavors together really? like chex mix or trail mix or i don't like actually like trail mix but chex mix i eat all the pieces like no, individually i will not ocd um i <laughs> I don't mix Skittles flavors, like... <laughs> okay, you pick... that's fine. I understand that. You understand that one? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like to mix a lot of things together. I'm rarely that person <laughs> that's like... I don't necessarily hate if my food touches, but I'm certainly not going to be the type of person that's like mixing things together, like, unnecessarily. I'll eat, like... Let me ask you the basic question. You got a cheeseburger and fries. If you take a bite of the cheeseburger, will you also put a fry in your mouth? Probably not. It's like... It's burger time, and then it's fried time, or the other way around. <laughs> or, like, eating, you know, um, yeah, whatever my side is versus my meat, I usually, like, pick one and then go around. So, so anyway, that doesn't, the different flavors combining doesn't sound appealing to me to begin with, but there's an extra, like, layer, like, like, added added layer okay. of, uh, of grossness to me when it needs to be held in a container. So, like, the dip needs to be in a container so it's like feels like it's like i don't know it's just like a sloppy mess of things and um this is such a weird tangent we're on like jello salads or whatever like or okay well jello salads it's a whole different thing see what you know what gives me anxiety about a five layer bean dip okay is the fact that I know a chip's not going to be sturdy enough to get through all five layers. Mm. It's going to break. That's what bothers me. I want all five layers, personally. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let's stop talking about I don't know. I just, I think that it's like, I don't think you should put layers in things that that can't support their own weight. So I personally think that five-layer bean dip is aces, but you think, what's the opposite? Two, two, Two clubs. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs> you think it's deuces. So, I think it's kind of cool. This is in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I, spoiler a little bit, but Kansas City, Missouri comes back in later seasons. Yeah. But that's all I'm going to say about that. That's not really a spoiler. So anyway, let's cut to the dinner party. I have a friend that lives in 
Kansas City. And yeah. I just feel like it's worth mentioning because she's a very... What's her name? I really like her. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Shout out. Yeah, I want to come... Listen to our podcast. I want to come visit Kansas City. I feel like <laughs> this, like, I want to do a Fargo, like, location tour. We can do it. Mostly so I have a really dumb reason to, to visit, to like, City. a bunch of people in those areas, <laughs> like... I want to go to Minnesota and I want to go to Kansas City. So, what's the fun? The funnest part about that too is it's like, I'm sure it'd be fun, but it's such a weird like. Oh, I'm excited to go to Kansas City, Missouri. And well, they don't they don't Dakota. film anything there either. So like, and if it's not winter time, it's not even gonna look like the show in any way. But anyway, let's go to this dinner party. Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to get there. As soon as we get 100 downloads, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have enough money to uh, fund the uh, Fargo World Tour. Yeah. So Lauren's uh, putting on a record, which um, is uh, Green Tambourine by the Lemon Pipers. And his fiance <laughs> brings him a, a I martini. love his, his 70s house decor. You love it? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm Especially the lighting and everything with it. Yeah. Nailed it. I mean, shit. And his hair's better. Do you want his, to talk about his hair Oh real my quick? god, his hair is so much... I think I talked about it last week. <laughs> Thank god this man has a forehead. We can see the whole thing. And I think he looks great with the, the like, white-gray mm-hmm. look. Um, he's totally pulling that off in... This is actual Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. This he, is what he's supposed to look like. He looked like... Like a low-level criminal before with the bangs. I don't know. And the coat, even though it's a, it's a good-looking coat, and he carries himself well, but that overall like style is not Brad bangs. Yeah, but I think again, it just him being so good at what he does. I think that's part of you know it's just in that time frame that was his Do you think... disguise. Yeah. Okay. Question though. Mm-hmm. He didn't go from dark brown hair to this level of like almost white gray he was dying it he I was dying the you think character he, was dying it yes you think I that think so. lauren was dying it dark before or he's dying it, it was light. A, it was a disguise I, for don't you think but you think that his this is his natural hair color in that we're seeing currently is like this like gray i assume mm-hmm. what do you think that do you think who dyes their hair gray other than Australian women. He's putting on a, a like, a <laughs> disguise. You think this is the disguise? This could to, be. I don't know. Well, listen. I don't know if we're going to find that out. Okay. <laughs> but, but I was just, you know. I can accept that. But also, how do you look at... We have an image from the episode up on the screen right now. I mean, I guess with how... That's his natural hair color, I think. Right? Yeah, it looks very natural. That would take a lot of... But I don't know, the the brown previously also looked natural to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it would make sense, too, that even that, like, brown, he could probably, like, shave his head. Yeah. And then just cut, like, straight to this. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. There's no way, there's no way of telling. When it's not, we can't, we can't. I would Lauren, even, Lauren actually, Lauren. I would bet that Lorne would maybe, like, he went even lighter for, like, he was already graying, but he's like, I'm going to really sell this character. And, like, goes, like, above and beyond <laughs> to sell the the new look. 
Maybe. Okay, listen. Like you're he went, convincing me. I'm not convinced, but you're convincing me. Like maybe he he went darker for that other look, for and Lauren. he went lighter for this Mike. one. For Mike, yeah. We should probably. Are we gonna call him Mick Mike? Are we gonna call him Mike through this episode? Oh my god, I hope not. Okay. Can I also well, say something that Gemma says to him when she after she hands him a martini? Absolutely. I'm gonna stick my whole thumb up your ass later. <laughs> you know what his response was? What's his response? Aces. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, there's all party going on, and um, <clears throat> at one point we cut away to um, Birdie Bert and Mick Mike hanging out in the kitchen. They're taking a shot of something. Do you know what that is? No. It's some sort of liquor or what something. Oh, I think he says ice wine, but that doesn't make sense. Why would you take a shot of ice wine? Um, but you know. They talk about their girlfriends, and apparently Gemma's a hellcat in the sack. What's she like in the sack? I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do you talk with your guy friends about the sex that you're having? Not often. I have talked about it. Have you had a conversation like this? Not like this. I've never called my girlfriend a Jew for not <laughs> giving me blowjobs, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, this is uh, this is obviously meant to be a scene of showing that Birdie Bird's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Mick Mike is stringing him along. I just, it's so common that um, in any type of media where... Dudes like, are like, hey, bro. Yeah. And get laid. Tom's told me multiple times, he's like, this doesn't happen. Like, this is not typically happening. Like, I'll tell you, even with just with Tom... I remember, like, you know, like, because I've known Tom a long time. Like We're in high school, maybe? Friends. Yeah, exactly. Even, <laughs> but, but even that, it was like, did you get laid last night? And I'd be like, yeah. Anyway, you want to play a video game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like, it, it's it's to that extent. It was never like, yeah, my girlfriend is giving me blowjobs. <laughs> well, she's a hellcat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, and I do think it's definitely more common for women, but I think, it's also a little bit... Do you get any detail? Women definitely get into detail. <laughs> but I think it's it's posed a little differently than, like... Is than it more, the like, way that technical it's pers- than, like, show-offy? Yeah. Yeah. It's you more, want the like details? It's, it's probably more, like, problem-solving, honestly, of, like, hey, this happened, like, what should I do? Or, like, I'm disappointed, or we're not doing this, or... <laughs> Well, that like, may, see, that makes do you have sense suggestions, yeah. you know, where... Um, that makes sense to me. It's certainly not, like... It's it's not bragging. Most... And, like, maybe, like, a new guy. <laughs> that makes entire sense to me, just because it really does seem like women are so much more detail-oriented, where guys are just more like, you know, question, answer. Yes, yeah. no. <laughs> As opposed to, like, women who are like... Is this a weird spot on my nipple? Let me get all intimate and show you all my little weird spots about me. Yeah. Let's talk about our sex lives. Well, I would imagine, I mean, I would think for most, like, normal men that it's not fun to, like, hear your dude friend describe, like, something happening. Like, you're not like, ooh, that's super cool to hear about. I'm, please tell me more. Yeah, and guys don't, like, also don't like being, you know, open and intimate about stuff like that. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's more... Yeah, it's more okay. just, like, braggadocious, if it's going to be anything. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Bertie Burke's not getting any blowjobs. Um, and we find out in this scene that Bertie Burke's brother 
is in witness protection. Hmm, wonder why Lorne's there. And he hasn't seen him in over a year after getting into uh, some trouble with the Chicago mob outfit. But, great news, next week in Las Vegas, um, Bert's gonna go and have a little family reunion with his brother. Guess who's invited? <laughs> Good old Mike, Mick, Mike, and Gemma. I would not invite. That's so weird, right? Like, newish coworker to go visit my brother in. He's in witness protection, <laughs> but that's why Lauren's so good at what he does. Yeah, he's he's ingratiated himself so well with Bert. Yeah, it's it's a weird offer, but I believe that this guy would be like, "Oh, you're a party animal. Like this yeah. would be fun." He does say as well in this conversation that like before Mike arrived, that the. Uh, the dentist's office was like a geriatric facility or something mm. like that. So I think really, you know, Lauren did a really good job of putting himself into Bertie Bird's life. Yeah, and I think that earlier we were talking about, you know, just the stories he's telling. Like, mm -hmm. that seems very much like something that would go over well mm -hmm. with him. He knows what he's doing. And, and it's less important that the, probably like the, the patients yeah. are feeling good about it. I also wonder, does he know what he's doing as a dentist? That's another weird thing. Is <laughs> because, yes, did he go to dental school or is he just kind of I believe I believe that he could easily fake the uh, degree and the certification for that. And the guy in the beginning said... You know, he's like, oh, this was the worst pain I've ever experienced, and my foot's been run over or something like that. Oh. Um, Lauren fixed it. Yeah. So apparently he's doing something good. Yeah, it's just like, is he, did he watch like a bunch of YouTube videos, like figure it out, or did, maybe that's like a, maybe he actually does have that degree, you know, somewhere um, in his past. Or maybe dentistry is just secretly really easy. I bet that's it. Do you want to do you want to go into dentistry? Yeah, I'm already in it. I just started. <laughs> um, and then we cut to the scene with the uh, where uh, Lauren is also you know it's another cool room in his house where it's and it's all red, which is you know it's just a really cool lighting dynamic. Yeah. And we listen to a um, one of Lauren's tapes out of his weird tape suitcase, where he uh, murders a guy. <laughs> Who uh, sounds very sad and tell, asks Lauren to tell his wife that he loves her. But I have a feeling Lauren didn't do that. Yeah. He says, you did this to me. I had a wife, a family. I was happy. And then you started. Started what? All we did was talk. Does this sound like Lester? I don't Like, no, that, I mean, not that it is oh, Lester, but like sounds similar. similar. Maybe he tracks down this type of guy. Yeah, he says, no, and, you said things jumbled me up, told me I needed, and now they're dead. Why did I listen to you? Yeah, that really I mean, sounds similar to, like, I don't know, him, how he sort of pushed. I, I, I wouldn't put it past him that he's such a, he's such a, like, a weird, ex, like, expert at psychology that he just, like, knows this type of guy. And he's like, oh, I can manipulate this person. And it's another Lester. I think he might be right about that. Maybe he has, like, his pet projects. Yeah. He, like, picks a new Lester <laughs> every so often. Oh, good. Another Lester. <laughs> and so, yeah, we hear... Uh, I th I th I'm pretty sure it's Lauren 
shoots the guy, but there's also police sirens in the background that obviously got away with whatever yeah. crime this is. Um, and we jump to Las Vegas, where we ended last episode. I like how Lester's sitting in the background of this scene. Yeah. You know, now we're at the table with the four of these characters. It's really fun. That's the second time that they've done, like, the reverse shot mm. of, of something. <laughs> it's good. And, yeah, Lauren's telling a goofy story about him injecting himself with Novocaine. Which, again, yeah, just, is he? Maybe he did go through temple school. <laughs> I mean, based on this story, it doesn't sound like he's very competent. Not an expert. But this also seems... I'm sure this is a fabricated story. Mm-hmm. For I mean, it, it is. Does Lauren make mistakes? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that he's going like... Uh, he's. I think he mentions multiple times stabbing himself with yeah. the needle. Stab himself in the finger, and then he pulls back tries again to stab himself in the thumb, and then he tries to take off his mask and stabs himself in the face, and so he can't even talk anymore. <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, I mean, it's a funny story, if it were true, but who knows Well, if it's and true. I just... Bert seems like such a, like, frat guy turned, like, dentist and just wants, like, everything to be, like, a funny story to be told while drinking. Oh, yeah, no, he's totally invested. So, this is a good story for that. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, certainly not true, because Lauren would never. Bert starts talking about, uh, they're gonna see you-know-who tomorrow. So, obviously, that's what's so funny about this episode, is, like, it, Lauren has been working this thing for six months, and tomorrow's the day when he gets to his target. And yeah. then Lester shows up. <laughs> I think it's, like, is is it uh, a bad idea for him to mention any details at all about his brother in Las Vegas? Yeah. It, it, like, are it, they that close? I mean... I don't know. It might, you know, it's kind of just plot advancement, I think. Yeah. And a reminder for the audience, but yeah, it is kind of... It is a little bit. It seems a little silly that he was like... Like, he could say my brother in a bar in Las Vegas, and I don't think that it would, like... Yeah. <laughs> the Chicago mob is going to be right there. <laughs> but, hey, they are. <laughs> you know, obviously Lauren, Lauren's right there. Yeah. So, so maybe it's smart that he's still talking code a little bit because he's literally talking to the person who wants to kill his brother. <laughs> yeah. I guess he hasn't given him any specifics other than in witness protection in this area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he would tell he would tell Lauren all the secrets in like a private room. Mm-hmm. So. What did you think about Lester walking up to the table? Because um, at the end of last week's episode, Lester just recognizes him, and we don't see him get up from the bar. Yeah, and he seems a little horror-struck, mm-hmm. I think, in the the ending of last episode, where he's just like, shit, like... There's the guy. I never thought I'd see him again. Like, maybe a little bit of fear about whatever possible problems could mm-hmm. go on from encountering him. Um, and then I thought it was, uh, great, uh, in a terrible way for Lester, that he, um, <laughs> he, it seemed like he really wanted a pat on the back mm-hmm. from Lorne, and, uh, it was really sad to see him just be completely but, rejected. I mean, come on, Lester, you fucking idiot. Really? <laughs> and you would you would think that, he, like, he's more or less aware of what Lorne does. 
right? Oh like, yeah, 100%. Like he, he's talking to a known, he, somebody he knows is a trained killer. Yeah. And shit. And <laughs> like encouraged him to like I don't know. It just seemed like he should have caught on to to what was happening there to some extent. Um but I guess it does he, play though. He really wanted He's this new, you know, I think he's just so what's the word fo he's so faux confident. Mm. You know, in his new life as this salesman of the year. And he's like, no. And so we get <laughs> we get the, you know, Lord plays off like he's never met him in his life. Yeah. And he talks his way out of even, you know, saying that he knows Lester. And uh, he he gets up from the table, tells his wife and his friends to, that they're leaving for a show, and really... You know, quietly tells Lester to just walk away. Yeah. Then they go and get into an elevator. The four of them. Yeah, and of course Lester can't walk away. And that that really is the point where it's like, what do you think the consequences are for not listening to this guy? Yeah, why like, are you antagonizing? And and what <laughs> what like what do you get out of like what's the ideal social scenario? I think and he, I think it's a pat on the back. Yeah, he just wants. Yeah, he really just wants to be congratulated for getting through the bullshit that yeah um, he put himself in. But obviously, like that's not going to happen when you have to like fight the person who's pretending they don't remember you. You know, like it's so cringe. And yeah, and so when his hand gets in that elevator, really has just to like the door open. Oh. <laughs> If only this elevator could have saved you from yourself. And all three of them are kind of, you know, just dumbfounded, the other people. Yeah. And, and Lauren just really just stares intently at him. I like that. Congratulations on your award. Oh, yeah, yeah, from the wife. <laughs> or the fiancé, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. And yeah, just... So, I mean, she got it, he got it from one person. That wasn't enough. No. And yeah, just uh, Lester demands that Lauren recognize him I guess in a way or just yeah even just acknowledge him yeah I thought it was interesting that Bert is like he was a piece of work huh <laughs> like he just seemed um so put off by that or I don't know I guess that wasn't what it I was, was expecting it was a weird thing yeah I mean it, it, you know it's a weird interaction to have with somebody yeah <laughs> I guess if they keep keep trying to talk to you but like I don't know I've definitely I've had people like, oh, hey, like, and then they realize, like, I'm not their friend or something, you know, and, like, I don't know, but it takes them a while to, like, register that, and, like, I don't know, I just, it feels like it's, that, like, from an outsider perspective, you wouldn't be like, oh my god, can you believe that person thought they knew you? I'd be like, oh, that's, you must really look like their friend or something. It's something that happens in the world. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I think that if they do believe Lauren, which they do, you know, that yeah. he doesn't actually know them. It just seems like... So, I mean, and we already discussed that Bert is kind of a dick. He's, so. And he's an idiot. So, I mean, it makes sense that he would, I don't know, maybe just... Play it off. And just insult well, him like, instead of... Yeah, insult him for kind of, kind, like, 
I think it's different to say, like, well, that was weird. And, like, can you believe that guy? You know, like, it just didn't feel like. I was just a little surprised. (sighs) But I guess there are a lot of signs that this dude really sucks. And, uh, you know, so eventually we get to Lorne acknowledging the fact that he does know Lester. The elevator door closes. Lester, is this what you want? He says, uh, uh, I think Lester's the one saying, I've worked too hard, I've come too far. Yeah. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'll read this whole part, because it's, uh, it's a good sure. little, uh, bit of character development, I yeah. think. Uh, you don't get to... And I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's not right. When something's not right, well, the old Lester, now, he would have just let it slide. But not this guy. I've worked too hard. I've come too far. And he says, Lester, stop. And he says, oh, so so now you do know me. Uh, and then that's when we get to the, is this what you want? Yes or no. And, and the, the, the three, Birdie Bird, Gemma, and Wheezy are all just standing there being like, uh... And he didn't, he didn't give, okay, so when this question was posed to him in the first episode, did he say yes? No, he never, he never responded. He did not respond, but he responds, yes. This is what I want, yes. Like, it's not, yeah, or I don't know, yes, no, sure, yes, like he gives one word answer. And and Billy Bob is immediate in pulling out a silence pistol and without breaking eye contact with Lester. (laughs) Shoots all three of them in the head. And um, I think Bertie Burton and Wheezy don't even have a second to react to it. And then Gemma, his fiance, who he's proposed to, screams and he shoots her in the head. I always think about <laughs> so in, in these types of stories, like the person who's just going about their normal life, thinking right. that the. Like, <laughs> they have the, a nice house. That the person that they're in love with is like someone completely different or. How often does that happen in real life? Where, yeah, just... I'm sure it doesn't ever happen, but it happens in all of the books and stories that I read and watch, and so... Uh, there's another... Lauren has another great speech here, too, about working... What does he say? Working for six months or something like that. That's on you. I worked this guy for six months, Lester. Six months. Can you imagine the number of sewer mouths I put my hands in? The gallons of human spit... Plus the hundred thousand bounty down the toilet, right? But uh, still, the look on his face when I pulled the gun, classic, Classic, huh? (laughs) And then grab the guy's feet. We'll throw him in a dumpster. (laughs) But yeah, just and but see, that's what I'm saying about Lauren in this. It's I don't think he's doing it at all for the money because a hundred thousand dollar bounty to work on for six months. I feel like he could do. Why commit this much time and this much energy to becoming a fucking dentist? Yeah, because because he's he's put in six months already. Mm-hmm. So if he were to complete this, like, you know, the following day, then that's um, it's you know money for a normal person, but not a person of his skills. Yeah, that's it, a hundred. You know, a hundred thousand for for half a year. So if he did that two times in the year, then he would get 200000 which again is like a good income, but you can get that without without murder. <laughs> and I feel like it should... He's in a little love of the game. Yeah, so you're, you're right. I mean, 
He's that, here to fuck with people's lives. That just really doesn't seem like enough for like a six month thing. And especially because like he did the whole Stavros thing. Yeah. In like a, a week. Two in weeks. a week. And even with that, the same thing where like everything he did, he didn't even get money out of it. Yeah. Stavros uh, buried the money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wonder if... He just likes fucking with people. I do wonder if, like, this particular case is, like, taking him longer than than usual. Because of the witness protection or, like, I don't know. Like, if this yeah, is an oh, well, abnormally yeah, long... Like, he took it thinking it would take less time. Yes. Well, yeah. And he obviously he knew that it was his brother, so he it took so long to ingratiate. But also, at the same time, after he shoots the three of them in the head... He's still, in that moment, is like, Lester, okay, you know, he's just like, here we are, help me drag this guy out. So he wasn't even mad about losing the bounty. What if Lauren gets a salary from the, the higher-ups or whatever? Rundle, Rundle, yeah. Rundle, <laughs> and this is, that's I just a bonus. <laughs> uh, or, you know, okay, so yeah. he... He might be feeling some burnout from all the murdering Got that it. he did in Fargo. And so maybe so maybe he was like, put me on a slow burn after all that. So he, this is like a vacation for him. Yeah, this is like vacation work. <laughs> and so being that Lester fucked it all up, he was just like, oh, well, I guess I just got to go back to work now. Yeah, like he was like, you know, I just kind of want to play play a slower game for a while. I don't, you know. <laughs> that makes sense. That oh. would make sense. Yeah. For sure. Okay, cool. We so cracked it. This was his vacation, yeah. <laughs> Lester this just was, fucked up. This was his vacation murder. Liter Lester literally fucked up the last day before his vacation ended, so he was just like, oh well. <laughs> Back to work. Yeah. That's funny. So, uh, yeah, so Lester obviously doesn't want to help. Oh god, what'd you do? <laughs> really bad. <laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> How stuck is it? It's really stuck. Oh no. I thought it would make a cool impression. What is. Oh god. It's like. <laughs> it's foam? But it's like. It's like. I don't know. It's not matte. I don't know. Peel it off. That's <laughs> what you get for playing with that gross shit. In case this gets left into the episode, Tiffany just got some goop stuck to... What is that? A cube? What it's is an AR cube. An AR... What's an AR cube? Basically, uh, you can use it with, like, apps, and it allows you to kind of, like, hold a, a oh. model... Oh, gotcha. ...of something, and you can... So you can, like, bring it closer, like, I don't know, and interact with it. you covered it in goop. Yeah, no, it has, like, a little metallic <laughs> sheen on the side. That was such a bad idea. So as as Lauren le leans over to pick up Birdie Bird's body, Lester very pussily <laughs> hits him in the head with his award. Doesn't even like phase Lauren really. Yeah, well, and I, I mentioned I, I mentioned this during the episode when we were watching it, but to me this really read like. Lester thought that um, he was so powerful that he just needed to try a little with this and it would do the job and... Boy, did it not. Yeah. 
Oh god, and yeah, so just Lester takes off running and Lorne just lets him go and he just you know, he says he just says shit, Lester. Like, he's just disappointed in him a little bit, but he knows. He's he just lets him go and he just says See you later, Lester. See you soon. Yeah, I mean, I think that um It's unfortunate that Lester just really wanted Lorne's approval. And then at the end of the day, right when he could have gotten it by helping him take the the body to the dumpster, just he runs, you yeah. know? Like, that's clearly all he wants. <laughs> Lorne really likes Lester for some reason, I, until this moment in particular. Yeah, I, I wonder... Yeah, I don't know, because he did, um, you know, later he, when he's, like, coming to Bemidji, it really seems like he's looking to, to murder Lester. Oh, yeah, no. And, I mean, I guess he is, yeah, because yeah. he kills sure. Linda. But um, I wonder if the, like, calm that he had of, like, going to the dumpster, like, if he actually was mad and was just, like, not expressing it. He's just such a psychopath that he just... There is no or if it was like range of emotion for like, him. It's just this is what has to happen, right? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, or I don't know. Maybe he did expect that Lester would join him on his little crime spree or something. I don't think Lester would be good enough at he, it. He wouldn't. I don't think he wants a partner. I think he was. Just, I think more than anything, he just. But do you think he wanted? God, I don't even know. Like Lester to at least be a partner with him in that, like particular, you know, like, body disposal. Like, yeah. like in Vegas, like, for the rest of the weekend, it's like, Lorne and Lester. Or another thing, here's another option, is maybe he was faking being nice to Lester, and he was, but he knew he needed help disposing of the bodies, and maybe when they would have got to the dumpster, he would have killed Lester. I think that's, that's a very strong possibility based mm. on how much he wants to kill Lester later <laughs> in the episode. So he was just pretending like, to be nice to him? Yeah, because like, he, he clearly wants to kill him later. And does he want to kill him for not helping dump the bodies or the six months wasted? Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Lester runs away. We cut to him charging into the uh, hotel room. Wakes up Linda and starts packing very quickly. I would be so annoyed if I was on a, tr like, if I was asleep. Sleeping and then you have to On leave. a vacation and yeah, and to then the I. airport? Just go like immediately. I, I would just be, I would honestly probably be like, I will find another room or something. Like, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, you like, go, I'll wait. Yeah, like, I'm not leaving. I'm tired. I'm going to keep on. But Linda, in this episode, we find out a lot about her. She's a lot more ride or die Dude, she's than, the best. than I expected. Yeah, and she just, you know, but she just goes along with what his plan is, which is just immediately getting the next flight back to Bemidji. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever airport they have to fly into. There's certainly not uh, Vegas to Bemidji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she does say on the way to the elevator, she says, you know, Lester's dragging her, and he says, she says, Lester, you're hurting my hand. Still just, you know, goes along with it. They're all just, and they get out, they get away, scot-free for now. Yeah. And we cut to Budge and Pepper 
and they're both laying on the ground in the uh, file room, I guess, reception area? Yeah, I don't know. Has the, has the file room, like, expanded over time? I mean, maybe we just didn't see the reception area before, but they're laying on the ground. I, I love this scene. Anytime Key and Peele are in this show, it's yeah. literally, it, it turns into a Key and Peele sketch. <laughs> yeah. I really funny. appreciated the, I really felt that when they were sitting at Lou's diner talking, too. Like, there were yeah. just certain facial expressions from Keegan-Michael Key that I was just like, I feel like I'm watching a sketch. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Peele is, like, in this, between those two characters, Jordan Peele plays a great straight man. Yeah. And Keegan Michael Key does a great job of being like the, you know, he's the goof. Yeah. <laughs> Is Jordan Peele usually the straight man in there? They traded back and forth on the show, okay. but mo- but I would say so. Yeah, actually. Yeah. More than more often. I'm than trying more. to think like because like you know when Jordan Peele would play Barack Obama and Keegan Michael Key plays the translator person, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so um, they're laying on the floor. And uh, we get the uh, t- title of the episode reference. Yeah. You know, uh, Pepper starts talking about, the f- what is it, the fox, the cabbage, and the rabbit? The a man f- has a fox, a rabbit, and a cabbage. What man? Any man. A man? Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Could be. Could be George <laughs> W. Bush. Why would George W. Bush have a fox and a rabbit and a cabbage? Just listen. <laughs> a man has a fox, a rabbit, and a cabbage, and he wants to get across the river. But his boat can only carry one of them at a time. Get a bigger boat. No, that's not an option. And here's the problem. If the man leaves the fox and the rabbit alone, the fox is going to eat the rabbit. And the same for the rabbit and the cabbage. So how does the man get all three of his items across the river without losing any of them? A turducken. Uh, what's that now? He stuffs the cabbage in the rabbit and the rabbit in the fox and he eats all of them. Do you know what a turducken is? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so, so we don't solve the riddle. Let's talk about the riddle in the trivia section. Okay, you oh you want to talk about it later, or do you want to? Try or do you want me to pull it up now? Let's talk about it in the trivia section because okay. I'm pretty sure that's the only piece of trivia we have. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so as they're laying there, um, an FBI agent comes with a a file relating to the Fargate Syndicate massacre. Sit, hold on. <laughs> The Fargo Syndicate Massacre. <laughs> I know how to say words. Um, What's a syndicate? What does that word mean? A syndicate's like a organization. Mm. You know, so it's like... They always just refer yeah. to it as, like, the Fargo Syndicate, and mm. I just feel like that's kind of vague. Like, the Fargo group, the Fargo guys, which makes sense if they're, like, regularly talking about a specific thing. Yeah. But this guy coming in, like, looking at files, I feel like... <laughs> Would maybe be more specific? Wouldn't there be I like mean, a more specific well, name to refer to that? I mean, a mob organization is a syndicate. Mm. I feel like syndicate. So has like a murder, of... a murder of crows, a yeah. syndicate of mobsters. <laughs> you got <Okay>. it. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's, they have this really great scene of um, Jordan Peele standing up first and asking about why he's why he wants why he's you know what he's doing there about that. Mm-hmm. And then he responds, and then moments later, Keegan Michael Key pops up, and he <laughs> says, "I'm like, what is this a clown car?" Because <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was just, you know, I, I, I love that. But um, so they, it's you know they're finally going to be connected to Molly, which is nice. Yeah, this Thank is so exciting. Like, and it's oh my god, someone like 
who cares about this, solving it correctly, is going to get in touch with Molly, who cares a lot about doing her job. Oh, boy. And, yeah, so they get Molly's info, which, thank God. So, but, and they've been, think about it, they've been in the file room for a fucking year. Molly's been thinking about this shit for a year. They're, all of them are fucking just chomping at the bit to... One year... Get something... Punishment for not... I mean, I guess... I'm, I'm curious and, how much their bosses know just how incompetent they were on that particular day. Which, come on, like, how... That's the thing, though, as well, is I kind of feel bad for their characters, because, like, how... Did they, how would they have known that there was a crazy maniac that was just going to charge them and kill everybody they're surveilling? <laughs> yeah. On. I mean, I just think that maybe maybe they're disappointed that they're, they got, like, almost no evidence. No, yeah. Like, no leads on Nothing. figuring things out. Aside from that photo, which mm-hmm. wasn't even theirs, right? But Molly knows who it is. Yeah. Anyway. So, we're almost there. But I guess I just... Like, just sort of wondering, does the, the punishment fit the crime? And I'm unsure. I think that's kind of how it goes in law enforcement. If you really fuck up, they're just like, well, if you're on desk duty, and that's... Yeah. Anyway, let's go to Lou's Diner. Right? A year desk duty seems like a long time, though. I feel like... It's a long fucking time. Yeah, that feels like <laughs> you fucked up so bad, you're never... They're literally laying on the ground. Yeah. But maybe, like... <laughs> Maybe, jobs. maybe to some extent that's cooler. You know, like, they've just settled into, like, we're just gonna... I don't know, because when they knock... You know, because, like, when they knock down the cork board... I think that was last week's episode, right? Yeah. And they saw the picture again. They were both just like, fuck. Yeah. And it had shown, you know, obviously it shows the passage of time where they had they put a cork board up over this thing that... Anyway. <laughs> Putting a cork board over something that's taped to the wall... Is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, take the thing off the wall first. Yeah, like, that's just silly, guys. Alright. Lou brings Molly a plate of waffles. We're <laughs> <laughs> Lou's diner. The four, this, is, this might be one of my favorite scenes in the show. I love Gus and Molly and Greta and Lou. Yeah? Don't you? Come on. They're I having do. a nice little breakfast together. Well, see, and Molly's they're so pregnant. happy together that I'm worried. Oh, but... Just, like, I'm always oh worried when, like, they get too chummy. I'm like, oh, God. Don't worry, we're going to get to the scene between Lauren and Lou and how excited I was to make you think that Lou is about to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and even Gress, uh, Gre- Gress, Greta, you know, as uh, Gus and Greta have to leave at a certain point, it's nice to see the four of them together. For the last time. I love when Molly says, watch your butts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, after breakfast, um, Molly's in charge at the office for the day because Bill has gone to a conference. Thank fucking God. (laughs) I would be so frustrated knowing that he's going to the conference where you usually... Like, that's where you usually make, like, contacts and get, like... Get resources that might be able to help you do your job better and, like... But she gets to not deal with Bill for a day. I know, I know. It's just, <laughs> in those situations, it's frustrating. Like, I went to a gymnastics conference when I was a, a gymnastics teacher. And yeah. I felt like I picked up a ton of stuff. And I didn't, and I think most of the people uh, in my group were like, 
good at like getting stuff out of it but you know it's like varying levels of Mm. like i don't know are you actually going to do this thing and come back with that information and actually use it to make yeah the company better you just like cool free vacation like later and oh yeah that's 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 bill like you know five thousand percent and molly is like she would have done something there yeah i could just imagine the like the leslie note frustration of like (laughs) you had all these resources and you just ignored them yeah so but you're right that like her just being able to not deal with Bill is a huge. Yeah, it's a great relief. day. Especially with day how pregnant she is. Like, I don't think she's, she's obviously still like working hard, but I could see a little bit less of a willingness to fight Bill on stuff that she doesn't have to. She is happy in her life now. I mean, obviously she does beckon back to the case because she has her crazy person wall at home. She has her crazy person wall that she's going to reconstruct for Budge and Pepper. <laughs> But at the same time, and at, at this breakfast as well, she gets the call about the three murders in Vegas and the fact that Lester's been caught on uh, their cameras. Yeah. So this kind of reinvigorates her. Thank God Bill's out of town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, he would have totally just been like... Don't well, bother him. Yeah, or, like, I'll go over and just, like, ask him about, like, oh, you went to Vegas? How was that? Except everything he says is truth. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. So, okay. So, listen. Bill's out of the picture. This is the same, you know, it's the same thing where we needed Molly out of the picture before. I want to clarify that granddaughter line. Okay. It's even better. You found it? You're the granddaughter I was wanted but was afraid to buy online. (laughs) Oh, God. Really? Is that the line? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Lou Salverson. Good job. (laughs) You're funny. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> then we get to Lester. Uh, you know, they're back in town. Lester's driving very nervously, checking the wind, you know, the rearview mirror behind him. His wife's kind of weirded out, but he promises her a trip to Acap- Acapulco. I feel like... Was that not the place that Molly's friend was talking about with the spiders? Was it? Or am I just... I have no idea. That seems like so long ago. <laughs> I just feel like we talked about Acapulco on Acapulco. the show. Acapulco. I know she... Mm, but maybe it was a different place than I I feel just like it was Mexico, but... Is Acapulco in Mexico? <laughs> Where's Acapulco? I don't want to... I don't want to... Also, was it Acapulco or Acapulco? I mean, the script says Acapulco. Acapulco? Okay. Well, I'm white. I just learned that. <laughs> and they can drink rum straight from a coconut there, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they make, you know, very suspicious plans to leave tonight for Acapulco. (laughs) Yeah, and she asks, what about work? And he has to go back on the earlier lie that he told about having some big client that he talked to that he needs to go work work with now. Damn it, Lester. (laughs) And he says, YOLO to her. No, he doesn't. Does he really? No, he says you only live once. Okay, fuck. He scared me. But he... like, they didn't put that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he did technically say YOLO. He said YOLO. Um... <laughs> uh, what do you think of uh, Lester's new house here? In in like this weird... Uh, I think we, we, we talked about it a little bit during the episode, but I think that it's interesting because it most looks, to me, it most looks like um, in the show uh, Sam Hess's house. Compared yeah. to, yeah. like, his house was, like, um, 
I thought super, super cute still, but obviously dated. Um, the original Nygaard residence. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then you could see the step up with Chaz's where there's like more money, there's more... Um, but Chaz is still in like a cul-de-sac, even though it's a bigger house. Yeah, the neighbors are still like pretty close to each other. Um, and yeah, it's like a housing tract. Whereas like, I mean... I would prefer probably Lester's original house because I don't really like when all the houses look the same somewhere. <laughs> I'm super into like a walkable street, you know. With, so I have your neighbor. Okay. Yeah, super cute. Um, so I would go for that any day. But um, but yeah, it, and then this has more of that distance between the houses. It's bigger. It's He's also just, he's gone so far in a year. He owns his own insurance place now in a yeah. year. He's gone from a shit salesman to owning, like, this tract of land, his own office building. Yeah. Jesus, Lester. It's a, it's a lot of... It's a big change for him. And, I mean, everything about his new house is... It feels, like, very well designed and decorated mm -hmm. and a lot Modern. of maybe, like... Um, decor that you know you just like go to like pier one and you just like pick out the set yeah. that's like there go to pottery barn and be like "Ooh, this is chic <laughs> yeah like it has it's there's not it doesn't feel like there's a lot of personality which is common i think in yeah. like um modern like home sets but it's just so different from like kitty's Spoon uh, collection and motivational motivational wall art. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his previous refrigerator had, um, didn't have, like, the magnetic yeah. letters on it, like, <laughs> and there was just rose wallpaper everywhere, and so, so, yeah, it definitely feels like he's gone, um, it, it to me, it seems like he's kind of one-up Chaz in terms of... Oh, yeah, no, he's totally... He's not rubbing it in his brother's face, I guess, but he's totally, like, he's going out of his way to make sure that his life is better now. I would imagine that Chaz is a huge, like, goalpost, but I would bet that, like, Sam Hess was in mind, too. Like, mm -hmm. it kind of seems like a, a mixture of yeah. of them, um, where he's like, I want these things mm -hmm. for myself. Um, oh, absolutely. Now. And he's doing his, man, I, fuck, he... He did it in a year. That's what is the... I mean, the most shocking thing for me is it's, like, a year? Yeah. <laughs> That's... <did> all this. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, did we get any... I mean, he was more confident at handling Gina Hess, mm -hmm. but we don't really see him doing Making better sale. sales. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just... Screw it. I'm just taking it. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Lester. You piece of shit. And well, yeah, even, like, moving and starting a business and, like, moving that... Like, that all seems like that would take, like, a few years. Right? Just, like... He's if he was like, woman. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting, I guess, to kind of go a little out of order, that she said that she was... Uh, that Linda said she had a crush on Lester from the beginning. And that really makes me wonder, like, what what she sees in Lester and like how much of her attraction to him has to do with what he's done more like well, she recently was, yeah. or if she would have been like, if he didn't have to go down that road to have a, 
partner that really liked him. May I be crass for a moment? Go for it. Her puss got so wet when he stapled the Hess boys. That's true. So that I think she was always nice to him in the first episode. She said she had a crush on him. But and do you then, believe her? Mm, <laughs> I guess I, I didn't have any reason to not believe her, but now... But I think, I feel like there was a scene early on, like, maybe... Her being nice. Like, when he was in the bathroom, where it seemed, like, overly nice, where I was like, yeah. is she, like... Okay. I don't know. I feel like there was a scene early on that felt like she was... Kind of hit... Not hitting on him, but... Yeah. Like, trying to get closer to him. Hmm. Um, I don't recall specifically, but I believe you. Yeah. Because, I mean, Linda... Linda. If he... We'll talk about the Indians. <laughs> but also, you know, it, uh, the way that she describes her working at the motel and like... Oh, yeah, that's the whole thing. I, I, did I even... Oh, that's, I think no, that's, that's later on. Yeah. Maybe, Hold on. Yeah, let's, maybe I'm jumping too far let's ahead. Let's get back to so, I just feel like I need to maybe lump all of the Linda and Lester some together. Cause Don't worry, we're getting back to Linda. Don't you worry. I got so much. So Lester's very um, nervous and he's... Lester's very nervous and he's checking the surroundings of the house, which I think is an interesting callback to, you know, seeing, um, uh, what's his, uh, damn it, what are their names? The deaf guy in Wrench and Numbers. Yeah. Wrench and Numbers and the tree line, you know, he's checking the tree lines. So that's kind of cool. And, uh, he, he tells Linda that they may leave for Acapulco, uh, Acapulco and never come back goes down to the basement and he finds the uh, hunting supplies from Chaz gets a gun out of the box and he cocks it and stores it in his waistband and he grabs his old orange coat ah oh, the trusty old orange coat that's not going to come back into play nope. neither is the um, bear trap but we'll talk about that later um, <laughs> and Linda's going to defrost some pea soup before they leave for the airport aren't you excited for the pea soup can't wait. And Lester, I think he, Molly doesn't even knock on the door, right? He just opens the door and Molly's standing there. I think so. <laughs> and she's asking about the triple homicide. Yeah. And Lester's not fidgety at all. He's better than he was in, mm. like, episode two. But it's... <laughs> it's still bad. It's still bad. And, uh, you know, I think that... Maybe he's just used to, like, surrounding himself with, like, incompetent people to where he can just sort of get cool. away with that yeah. stuff. But um, then Molly shows up. But Molly's... <laughs> but, and I don't even feel like Molly is trying that hard. Like, what? like compared to the... Um, earlier in the season, like, she was... She went out of her way to, like, drop that file and, like, attempt, like kind mm. of push him to get a reaction. And she really was, like, trying to question him. And this just sort of seemed like, all right, I'm just here to, like, kind of do my job. I'm suspicious of you, but I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm like, not certain you're involved in this. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking. And he is, like, digging himself into that hole. And yeah, boy, does he dig. Without even, <laughs> like, she's not even doing anything. I don't like. know. I, I think she might be playing coy. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. You might be you might be right because she is very much happier with her life. It's just I I think she has such a urge to fucking get this goddamn guy because she knows 
she knows, she's certain he's involved in all of this shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I felt like a totally different energy from her. She is also pregnant and happy with her life. Yeah, and, you know, I think we talked about when, in the first episode with Vern, where Vern has sort of like a... um, a more easygoing nature about doing police work where he's... But he gets the job done. Yeah, he can, like, follow his instincts and, like, just sort of do it in a more natural way. And mm-hmm. maybe, like, Molly has finally gotten to that place where oh, she's, she's not, like, burn. like trying to, like, prove herself every minute That's of the nice. day. She's just, like, I am I know what I'm doing and I'm, you know... I like that. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's stick with that narrative. I like that. Okay. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, I think Lester kind of tries to play it off, but Linda comes to the door as well and totally sells him down the river about leaving Las Vegas early. <laughs> and Molly invites, kind of invites herself in to use the restroom. I but, don't think, I mean, I think Linda does okay for having zero information. Especially not, because... Not now, but later, yes. Yeah, like, I mean, she doesn't, she has no idea what... <laughs> what Lester's objective is with any of this. And I feel like she ends up picking up on, like, to some extent, what is going to be helpful to Lester, even though he doesn't tell her, which is, like, Man. such a hard position to be in. Yeah. God damn When it. you, like, know that the person is lying, but you're like, I don't know which, like, what we're, why we're lying. Yeah. What direction this should go in. I don't know. Poor fucking... Well, not... God damn it, Linda. And then we get to go to the old Nygaard house. <laughs> well, first first of all, there's a really quick just cut scene of... Which I wanted to ask you about, because we cut really quick to Gus delivering mail, and a red BMW drives by. Mm. Did you see Lauren in the red BMW when he drove by? I think so. Because they, they cut it in such a weird way, because they, they, they recut to the scene later when Gus is in Molly's office, mm. and he sees Lauren clearly. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did see it. You did see him? Like, okay. I, I thought that it was him, like, right away. Okay. Because, yeah, Gus sees him. Like, it maybe maybe took me, like, half of that scene to yeah. notice. I don't know. Yeah, because he just pauses quickly, but then he just goes back to delivering the mail. So I was wondering if it's, like, him not caring or if it's him not realizing that he just saw the fucking guy. My guess is that it was... That guy looks familiar. And then he, he and then like, yeah. And then was sort of like maybe thinking Hmm. like, who does that person remind me of? Like, why do they look familiar? Because he does look different now. And, um. Because I can't imagine him being like, oh shit, there's Lauren Malvo. And then just being like, and then going to look at that photo (laughs) to be like, maybe that was that guy. Like, you know, maybe it was him and looking at the photo and then being like, Yes, this is a match. Like, I've done that with, like, IMDB a bunch of times, you know, where it's like, they look familiar. Match Jackman. And then as soon as I see the the photo, it's like, oh, now it all clicks into place. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we discussed it. Yeah. So, let's go to Lester's old house with Lauren in his red BMW. Yeah. Super cool car. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Lauren meets the new tenants he starts the kids are out front so he talks to them first and the dad comes out this i've seen a number of things on the internet about like if somebody like comes into your workplace like asking about like 
when so-and-so will be on shift or whatever. You're not like, supposed to. Don't, yeah. don't reveal that information. And this whole, like, section here with Lauren going everywhere, I'm like, everyone needs to remember, <laughs> don't give away any personal information. Yeah, because, you know, the guy doesn't give up Lester. But um, I'm pretty sure by the end of the conversation... He knows well, he that tells this him. This is a creepy person. <laughs> well, he tells him the about oh. the insurance place. Oh yeah, he does. You're right. Um, so he knows where to find Lester. At yeah. The end of it. And he also gives a really creepy speech at the end. Would you care to read a couple of the details? One more thing. You do know people were murdered in this house, right? <laughs> Hell of a thing. Man in the living room, shotgun. Woman in the basement. I think it was a hammering. Afterwards, Lester told me he used to hear noises coming from the basement at night. Footsteps on the stairs, a woman moaning, that kind of thing. But I'm sure it was in his head. <laughs> you have a nice day. Have fun, kids. <laughs> Tommy dropped something. <laughs> yeah, god damn it. Just Lauren being Lauren. Yeah. Just more of the same. And the kid, the boy's like, I don't like him. <laughs> Oh, anyway, and after that, we see Lauren kind of creep by the new Nygaard Insurance Building, which is, if I remember correctly, it's painted completely black, right? At least the part above it, it's like black with like yeah. a, a pretty modern, like white font, which feels sort of out of place in Bemidji, but whatever. Yeah, it's a shop. It's, yeah. You know, on a block of shops. But yeah, he drives by, he spots it, and, you know, I'm sure he'll, he's planning a night there. <laughs> And we cut back to Molly and Lester. And Linda. Lester's really fidgety. Talking about his night in Vegas. And uh, Linda is talking about how much she loves the fountains. And also you could gamble at the airport, you know? Hmm? <laughs> and uh, this, you know, this again, like you were saying a minute ago, this is interesting how Linda covers for him. Yeah. Where she says it's her, it was her idea to change the flight time. And, um, you know, again, just why? Yeah. Why is she covering for him? Just because it's his wife? I guess so. Um. It's a weird move on her. Because she never, she's never asked questions that, you know, she's like, why did you do this? It's always just, she's just been accepting this whole episode. Yeah. I mean, I think that to some extent it seems maybe like she just, like, trusts Lester to, like, He's obviously gotten them this great house. He's, you know, doing well with his business. And maybe she sort of just feels like if I just go with what he's doing, everything's going to be great and follow his lead. Maybe. I don't know. I would never, ever <laughs> do any of this. Like, I am so... Like, if Tom needs something and it doesn't, like, totally align with something I'm already doing, I have, like, five questions to, like, confirm, like... How you're not ride or die? I mean, yeah, not because <laughs> really. Linda is ride or die. I know. <laughs> what did I think? Uh, I think Tom called it like commute and live or something. Is what I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I just like 
he always asked me these hypotheticals, like, you know, what would you do if, like, this weird, like, I was doing this weird thing. And I was like, I would be super suspicious because I notice a pattern. And if you interrupt the pattern, I have a hundred questions. Well, let, let me ask you this, because, you know, I, I love the podcast, Your Mom's House. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he asked, Tom Segura asked his wife, Christina P., is if you came home one day, so, so this is you and Tom, though. Mm-hmm. If you came home and Tom's like, hey... I got some bad news. I went to Starbucks. The barista took my order, got it wrong. And when she went on break in the parking lot, I I hit her in the head with a hammer and put her in my trunk. I need you to help me bury the body. Would you do it? Well, okay. Tom likes to fuck with me. So my first thing, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, show me the body. And then he shows you an actual body. Yeah, and he shows me an actual body. Um, Are you ride or die at that moment? Um, yeah, I you am. You would bury the body? But I would ask a ton of questions. <laughs> she got his Starbucks order wrong. That's why he killed her. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say. You would but Because I would, I would want to believe that there is like... Uh, I don't know. She's done. Here's the here's the here's the thing is, he goes to this start. He goes to the Starbucks all the time. And he always says, "I want an iced venti coffee, a splash of milk." Mm-hmm. Every single time, this same barista puts way too much milk in it. Yeah. And so it's like the twentieth time, and he says a splash of milk, and she just doesn't put a splash. Well, she on, puts like way too much. If I got a hint that there was like a building rage from this order. Like if Tom was like getting like shaking about it afterwards, I would be like, what's wrong with you? You need to address this. Like, but he does. He did address it. He killed her. That's how no, you address that's not, the problem. That's not addressing the problem. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so you would bury the body though. You said it, you said it here. You heard that for future, uh, I would, reports. Yeah. I mean, I would, I feel like I would want to be supportive and I'd want to believe uh, in, you don't in my partner. For you, right? If you murdered somebody, but that's a dumb reason. And like, I don't know. I'm I'm so like people get killed for dumb reasons all the time. I don't I don't like murder. People die despite doing this podcast. I'm not into murder. <laughs> um. So Molly tells Lester not to leave town for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and um. Yeah, he says Vegas PD is going to send over the security tape, so Molly tells him specifically not to leave town for a while. Um, and Lester cuts off Linda as she almost says that they were going to go to Acapulco. Acapulco. There we go. I you swear got it. One of these days I'll learn how to say that word. And as Molly's leaving, she's radioed about some FBI agents who came to see her at the police station. The dispatcher had sent them to Lou's diner. So, hey, great news. We're going to get another scene at Lou's. More Lou's. And, oh, yeah, as Molly's leaving and she hears about the FBI agents, you just see Lester just peering through the window like a real creep. Like, not even (laughs) being, like, not even being, you know, he's not trying to, he's just, like, creeping through the window like a Yeah, and, like... (laughs) 
she's not she's just sitting in the car too so like how long was he just like yeah, and he, and staring <laughs> like knowing that she's going to look over eventually <laughs> such an idiot <laughs> but um before molly gets there and before budge and pepper get there lauren pulls in blues the diner's empty mm. and he orders a decaf coffee and a piece of pie have you ever drank decaf coffee I'm ne- like why? On accident, <laughs> a number of times. Um, I got like Keurig oh, pods. Um, you accidentally bought decaf. And I accidentally bought the decaf ones, and I drank like four cups of coffee. I'm like, why is this not doing anything? <laughs> and then I looked at the box, and I was like, oh, I got the decaf. Um, and then Tom's mom used to get us. Um, Keurig pods, but it was, like, all kinds of different stuff, so I'd have to, like, very carefully, like, Tiffany, look through each one of them. Tiffany, I got you Keurig pods. That's not what she sounds like. Tiffany, it's me, Mary. <laughs> Hi. That is offensive. Oh, oh Tom. Oh, oh Mr. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's pointless. I would rather just have... Like, to me, the whole point of coffee is to get the caffeine. Yeah, just drink something else if you're getting decaf. What are you doing? Yeah, and, like, if I wanted, like, half-calf type situation, I would just... Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. Um, I would just do less, like, a small thing of coffee. How do they decaffeinate coffee? I don't know. (laughs) We'll, uh, do a bonus pot on it. It's like getting salt out of the sea. How do you do that? Anyway... (laughs) Um, it's kind of interesting here how, um, well, let me ask you this. Do you think, because Lauren calls out Lou for looking like a police officer. Do you think he has done research on who Lou is, or do you think he really just was like, you look like a police officer? I would bet that Lauren has a good eye for that kind of thing. Yeah. But he, I don't know if he would have information on Lou, because this isn't maybe like an official job. You know, like, I would assume that he gets that info, like, all that. He obviously knows who Molly is, though, right? They did run into each other in that like, snowstorm. Yeah, he knows who Molly is, but, like, that was also, you know, like, sort of an extra project that wasn't, like, everything was Lester and Bemidji. Mm-hmm. It was sort of, like, an extra thing, and so I would imagine that he's not using his Rundle resources on, on, on this. On um, I like this interaction that they have. It... I feel like a lot of times, yeah. So Cody made me feel like, uh, think that somebody was going to die here. And I was terrified the entire time. Um, The the soundtrack totally just plays along into that Lester's going to like torture or kill Lou to find out where, or wait, no, Lauren. Lauren. I'm like, why would Lester Lauren is going to torture and kill Lou to find out where Lester is. I just thought he would shoot him, honestly. But, but he needs the information, and he's obviously good at getting information out of people. Yeah. Um, and I was just sitting next to you going, oh, shit. I was just nudging I him. Know. Like, oh, I know. I'm never going to fall for your tricks again. <laughs> wait um, until next week. <laughs> what was... I was going to say something. Oh, sorry. I don't remember. Well, we're talking Lauren and... Lauren and oh, yeah. So the... I feel like this is sort of... Uh, whenever you have, like, a few, like, big-name characters on your show, like, a lot of times they don't interact because they're, like, 
so big, like, or popular or whatever that you don't have them in every episode or they're, you know, in different parts. So when they come together, it's, like, always really exciting to see these, like, two kind of, like, more intense uh, characters or performers. And maybe the... What's the actor that plays Lou Salverson? Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine. I don't really know him from much, but But he... But he's He has, like... This gravi- he has this gravitas that I think that Billy Bob Thornton does too. And so you just really feel like the the power of yeah, the scene. Bill, like nothing, and Keith Carradine, yeah. Nothing's so really happening, and but you're just sort of like excited for like, oh, the showdown. See, in the same way... Between that, the characters and the performers. Yeah, see, in the same way that Billy Bob recognized that he was um, a state trooper, mm-hmm. you know what I was hoping that Lou would do in this scene? Was say, is that Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> I hate you so much. I was hoping you would see that one coming, but I could tell in your eyes that you. No, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I was like, is he gonna say like you seem like a murderer? Is that something that would be a good move that, on Lou's part? Is that Billy Bob Thornton? I can't. I. You're gonna have to find a new joke next season. <laughs> is that Lou Salverson? <laughs> Um, Lauren says no good ever came from a piece of cherry pie, which after our pie discussion earlier, I think I'm... Yeah, we're on board with that. More on board with than uh, than I thought. (laughs) We also get to see uh, Molly and Gus's wedding picture. That was Mm. cute, right? Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Oh. I love them. The more the the show gives of, like, good stuff, though, the the more I worry for their lives, (laughs) so... And there's a creepy talk about how no, which I liked as well. There's a creepy talk about how no one hangs sad pictures, though. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Because it's true. Who hangs, you don't know? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say if I hung a picture of Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> you know what I would say? If I hung a picture of Billy Bob Thornton in here? Go for it. I'm not saying it. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Lou gets to talk a little bit about a. Season two, which maybe we shouldn't spoil that much. Yeah, I mean, I like it's qu- a good tease, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And I like the quote of, um, I could tell you the details, but it sound like I made them up, you know? Do you happen to know if they knew that they were doing more seasons? I'm sh- Like, I- while they were doing stuff with season one. I haven't read anything about it in particular, but I bet you Noah Hawley had, like, an idea in place. Yeah. I mean, maybe this was, like, the... a little bit of the backdoor pilot-type deal for season two, where it's like, (laughs) hey, if you like this, we can do a a whole narrative off of this one thing that happened. (laughs) Because, yeah, I would imagine that you would have that idea in mind ahead of time if you're Mm going to do this especially this well for so many seasons oh absolutely i bet they have you know like how certain um shows and stuff like have like a bible that explains all their narrative i would love to see a show bible in my lifetime (laughs) the gilmore girl show bible would destroy me (laughs) oh well let's get this pop this podcast popular and then we're gonna get to the show bibles one of these days yeah um Yeah, so I guess I was just sort of curious if, like, maybe when they 
included this line or wrote this line or filmed it or some type of thing in, in production. Yeah. Uh, if they knew that they were going to do a season two. And so maybe I'll have information on that uh, <laughs> next time. Yeah, next time got, we chat. You got some research to do. Oh, and also the quote of... Um, he's, he, again, talking about what's, certain things that will happen in future seasons. He says, I'd call it animal, except animal... Animals only kill for food. This was, and then he just pauses and says, Sioux Falls, you ever been? You know. Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, I also like the uh, bodies, one after another. <laughs> yeah. If you stacked them high, could climb to the second floor. <laughs> and I just have to say, that seems like a good heap of bodies. It's a lot of bodies. Yeah. But if you think about it, I mean, the entirety, well, no, we'll tell, we can't spoil season two. But, I mean, stacking bodies like that um, doesn't seem like it would make for a good ladder. No, no, not at all. <laughs> like, you'd, you'd really have to just... It, it really would have to be more of, like, a pyramid kind of shape to sustain... What if you stuck, like, sticks... Well... No. What if you stuck sticks through all the bodies and they were, like... Okay, the wall but, like, we're not making a body cake. like Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're all just one-on-one-on-one-on-one. On one on one on one. And doesn't this piss you off? We see Molly pulling up in the front as uh, they're ending their conversation. I haven't had a piece of pie like that since the Garden of Eden. And Molly, for whatever reason, comes in the back door for the first time in the show. Does she always come in the front door yes. in every other scene? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Because uh, when I worked, when I worked at um, sandwich shop, it was always like never park in the front spaces where customers could go. She doesn't work there. Yeah, but like if you grew up with you know the the restaurant being in the in the family, you would like he would have told her like move your car. You can't. We need paying customers. You're gonna get free food. When I worked at Holly Pies, I would park right in the front of that motherfucker. Well, you were delivery, right? Even on days when I wasn't delivering. Mm. Give me the best spot possible, goddammit. Wow, you don't care about your customers no, at fuck all. fuck them. <laughs> they want your product, they're coming in. Alright, so okay. we get Molly, and we get... Yeah, and Lauren leaves just as Molly walks in. And Lou just doesn't really think much about it. Yeah. Even though Lou's probably seen his fucking picture... You would think, I mean, maybe maybe she didn't want to tell her dad newspaper? about her yarn wall. Did he read the newspaper? He was in the newspaper. <laughs> you would think that he would have a better idea of the, the man that Molly's been chasing for yeah. all these years. And uh, Have that photo right next to the Gus Grimley one. <laughs> and Budge and Pepper show up. And they're, they seem very excited to meet Molly. Oh, this just warms my heart. Aren't you happy that yeah. somebody who gives a shit is, they're finally here? But it's also really, it's it's super cool how you get to see the red BMW pulling away yeah. as, they're, as they sit down to talk. I love the way they frame this of Molly pulling up with Lauren in the restaurant and then Lauren pulling away with them in the restaurant. Yeah. This is a good show. Yeah. Isn't it fun? They do a lot of cool, cool shots like that. Yeah, and um, the yeah the FBI agents apparently in the past had called her ev evidence circ circumstantial or something, you know. 
but since Budge and Pepper have like a vested interest in it, um, they want to see what she has. So Molly actually asks for asks Lou to give them coffees to go so she could take them to the police station. And they go to see her crazy person board. <laughs> it looked a lot like the board that she showed. That's what I was wondering. Is like, did she prepare it really quick, or has she had that? The whole I time? bet you it's like she has it like behind her <laughs> she, desk. Or she started like, in the women's restroom, so yeah. they couldn't find it. <laughs> like it, it was, it's been ready to go since the last time. Because it, I don't know, it looks so similar. Mm-hmm. And it would be a lot of work to put that together just for but these see, guys that just showed up. I don't know, because I bet she has that, like, imprinted into her brain. She could probably, like, draw that up in Yeah, like but two she minutes. would... I feel like she... If if she didn't have it, she would just go to a whiteboard. Yeah, and just be like... And start, like, yeah, drawing it like for them. Yeah. <laughs> and similar to what she did in the hospital. In the hospital, When yeah. she was talking to Gus. <laughs> and uh, Bill shows up to ruin everything. But... <laughs> He and Peel finally tell me he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Okay. Um, read some stuff. <laughs> um. Son, this thing. Oh, it's like, have you seen this? Have I seen this? Son, this thing's been giving me nightmares. <laughs> and I think Molly says, oh, come on now. That's not fair. Uh, well, she did tell you that we caught the guy responsible for killing the wife, didn't she? Uh, uh, you know, the brother Nygaard, and he had the bloody hammer, and so you don't care about the fact that this Malvo character was seen with Lester at the hospital? Or that he ended up in Duluth in direct conflict with these other two? No, because that, uh, uh what happened in Duluth? Uh, and then they just kind of cut him off and say that they're gonna go. Yeah. Uh, this is serious. Continue on. And, oh, it feels so good! <laughs> yes! Fucking Bill. Don't don't let Bill ruin your your good work, Molly. And yeah, so for the first time, well, no, second time. She he took her seriously slightly before. Yeah. But they compliment Molly's work in front of stupid fucking Bill. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what she really needs in order to be happier in life, I think, is to learn how to like stand up to Bill. But Maybe no. You're arguing with a wall. That's the problem. I don't know. I guess I just feel like as soon as he starts putting her down, she's just like, oh. Like, she's like, oh, come on now. And I feel like she did that last time, too, where it's just sort of like, I don't know. I don't know. It just... Listen, it's good that the FBI agents are here. Yes. <laughs> Molly needs to go into the FBI, mm-hmm. which will be appreciated. We cut real quick to um, Gus creeping into the office, and I think at this point is where he puts together that that was Lauren he saw in the red BMW earlier because he he looks at her other crazy person wall, and he's all sorts of pensive. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks of it. If he's just like, I'm so proud of my wife. Look at her. Look at her dedication. <laughs> or if he's like, like she's as lady. she's like working on it, he's like, can we watch TV together instead? Like, do you want to do something? <laughs> like. Do you need more red yarn, honey? Yeah. Or if he's like, <laughs> if he's like helping her, like they're like. He helped her put it together initially, and but then it's been a like year. Truly and he's like, supportive, you, you know. Find a new hobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, he's a mailman now. I think he's just happy living the simple life. Yeah. Taking care of his daughter, and he's got a new kid on the way. Yeah, I just I guess I wonder if he's like, uh, kind of wishing that Molly would give it give it up or 
or not. He doesn't seem uh, totally against it or mm-hmm. anything. You know, like he's he knows about it, yeah. which you know, in another show, this would have been like something he finds and he's like horrified, <laughs> like <laughs> who is this person? <laughs> oh God! But yeah, all right. So um, and then uh, we get back to Lester. <laughs> Ready for this shit? Mm. So he's still creeping around looking at all the windows as he prints out some tickets to Acapulco. I think I said it right that time. Yeah, there you go. All they gotta do is swing by the office and pick up their passports. Tiff. Why would you... Why would you what? Why would you leave your passports at your work? For the sake of plot advancement. Yeah. That just seems like... (laughs) I think that's something people do, though. Like, because they have a safe there. And I think that's Mm. the idea of it. I mean, I guess, like, if you're constantly traveling for work, but, like, he just traveled for work and... Oh, I didn't... Well... I mean, it wasn't international, but, like... Exactly. So maybe they didn't need their passports, so they left them in Bemidji in a safe. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Makes some sense. I just doubt he's doing international travel for work. It's it's a plot thing. It's fine. We can move on. (laughs) We don't need to needle these. Oh, and here's here's what you wanted to talk about is... uh, this is pretty much the most dialogue Linda has, is her, the car ride here. Okay, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll read from a few different Just, you know, pick points. your favorites. <laughs> um, okay, so this is interesting, too, uh, because of what happens later, but which I didn't catch. She says, after he says, we're going to go to the office to pick up the passports, she says, what about my coat? And he says... Oh, you're not going to need a winter coat where we're going. I just think it's interesting that she wanted to bring her own coat. And I'm curious at this point, like... All they got is the orange coat. How much Lester was thinking... I I think at this point, right? He knew. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He, like... So, once they decided to go to the... The store. The shop. That he was going to sacrifice his wife. Not even... I don't think he wanted her to die. But but he was... he wanted to set a trap to see if Lauren was there. Right? I think he wanted her to... Like, I I don't think he... Why did you kill that Bemidji 10? Look how hot she is. Look, I don't think... on the screen right now. I don't think that he would... He necessarily wanted to kill her for... Like, kill her off for the sake of, like, not wanting to to have her in his life, but I think he felt like it was a, a worthwhile sacrifice so he would not be killed. But, listen, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but Lauren knew, Lauren checked the body. He didn't think Lester was there. there. Look, look. <laughs> I'm looking. Okay, we'll, we'll get to... We'll get to that. Okay. We're going to go back and forth on it. Let's, but, talk, let's talk about what Linda says. I want to read this. Okay, yeah. so uh, after the coat thing, she says, you know, I had a crush on you right from when we met. So, I mean, you're right. That could be a lie, but I don't like to just believe people are lying for no reason. Linda seems like a good-hearted person, but I'm also weirded out by the fact that she lied about the Las Vegas leaving early thing. That's true. She does seem like... Like, she's not... When she is lying, she doesn't even seem like she's lying. Yeah. So, um, it might just be... The truth is... She's indifferent to the truth. But I would say, at her core, she's a good person. Yeah. 
he says, oh yeah, swear to God, used to sit at my desk and dream about you leaving your wife or somehow getting her out of the picture, which is interesting way to phrase that. Um, Doesn't she apologize for it though, that comment or something? She says, not that I want it. Oh, he yeah. says, no, of course not. Uh, oh, Linda. And then, uh, nothing wrong with dreaming. And then she says... You know, I remember when I was three, I told you how we came over to America, settled in Minnesota, and my folks bought the motel. Is that, <laughs> is that the motel that we saw, you think? That Lauren was in? I don't think so, but... Mm, okay. um, well, no, because... No. There must be another motel. Yeah. Okay. Sister family's Um. Well, they put me to work, just laundry at first, <laughs> then making the beds and cleaning the rooms. You don't even want to know the disarray people leave behind. I bet, Lester says, one time, I'll never forget this, I was changing the sheets on a king size, and I'm suddenly like, what's that smell? Well, the guest had, he made a BM between the mattress and the box spring. That's so Midwest, or mid, is it Midwest? I don't know, but, to, yeah. you know, up there to call it a BM. Yeah. Go on, sir. Well, she would, too, because she doesn't want to be crass. Ooh, you can't say poo now, can ya? You know? I guess he took the mattress off and did it and then made the bed back up, which it's a lot simpler to just go to the toilet. My point being, I was unaware there was a point. Draw this. That while I was cleaning up, I had this dream that someone, a man, would come along and take me away from all of this. And then I met you. And here we are. And we're going to Acapulco. And so this, this is sort of what leads me to believe that like she is sort of just like trusts him you know like she wanted someone to come and like take her to Acapulco yeah like kind of save her from whatever even though it seemed like she was her life isn't and maybe she's just I mean maybe she's just not she doesn't care to read into what's going on obviously with the police and yeah. all this shit she's just like oh when we get out, when we get to Acapulco, everything will be fine. Yeah. Like, I just got to trust Lester. This all seems weird, but he knows what he's doing. And once we get there, it'll be fine. That's what I feel. Um, okay. God so <laughs> then they pull across the street under the, the wonderful Bemidji sign. He creeps. We haven't talked about that, have we? Oh, with, is it the one with the Paul Bunyan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Every time they show it, I just think it's really cute. Um, can't think of the name of the blue ox, but yeah, it's funny. And yeah, he creeps by the office first, and she asks why they're not parking in front. He says, oh, there's ice, but even though she's going to walk past that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> walk, walking in ice? Farther. <laughs> just like, oh, well, let's go farther where you would still walk across the ice, but more snow. Is there a better lie that Lester could have come up with for that? Lester, come on, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> A million different things, but he doesn't not great at thinking on his feet. So yeah, they park cross street by your cool by your cool sign. And wouldn't you know it, Lester tweaked his back earlier when he was loading the luggage. And he doesn't want to get out of the car. So he asks his dear wife, who didn't bring a coat, to go get the passports from the uh safe in the office. This dark, dark office. Yeah. Oh. And but he's brought his orange coat. Mm-hmm. The very recognizable orange coat. And don't forget to put on the hood. Okay, so... Keep your bed warm. So when he 
when he tells her to put the hood up, this is to me the indication that he wants whatever like um whatever like thing is going to that Lauren's planning to happen to her. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is like it's just a sacrifice. I don't know if he thinks what he thinks he's getting out of delaying it. But I th- I feel like he when he told her at first when he told her put the coat on, I was like, "Oh, he's using her as like bait or something." You know, mm-hmm. like maybe he'll try to come out and like or just kind of catch Lauren out in the open or confirm something or whatever. Yeah. But then when he told her to put the hood up, I was like, "Well, inside the place in the dark place having the hood up is going to make it very difficult <laughs> for Lauren to realize that it's not Lester. And so that felt like the death sentence. And it was. Yeah. <laughs> but but I guess I am curious, like, what... Is this just a, like, okay, I can pawn this person off for today and avoid death? I mean, and, and maybe he'll figure out something better the next day? But, like, I mean, doesn't Lorne, like, look over at him? I don't think he spots Lester, no. Oh, okay. I don't think. Maybe you're... Maybe. Yeah. I'm not certain. But I don't think he actually sees Lester. I'm pretty sure if he saw Lester, he would... He would just kill him. Yeah, because, like... He's already shot his wife. Yeah. With a silenced gun, it's all... Unless, you know, Lauren is like, good game, Lester. We'll play again next time. Which is possible, but (laughs) I I doubt it. But if any character were to do that, it would be Lauren. Yep. I don't know, shit. But regardless, I think, yeah, there's... Three different options. Because he still has to get those passports if he wants to go anywhere. Well, no, not anywhere. He can go anywhere without a passport in the United States. Mm. So maybe he was just, you know, he knew Lauren would be waiting for him, so he sent her in and he was, maybe he was hoping that she would come back unscathed, but also throwing her out there as bait, just in case, to preserve himself. Yeah. Or, yeah, maybe he just sent her in knowing that she was going to die. I mean, it certainly seems like a, um, you go into the dark, scary cave first, yeah. like, you go first, and if something bad happens to you, then I know yeah. to, like, leave. Check the closet for monsters for me. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, the hood thing really feels like I highly oh, yeah. suspect damning. Damning. that, you know, there's gonna be a murder that happens in here, mm-hmm. not just, like you know, maybe Lauren's up to something. Because it just seems really a lot more calculated. Yeah, and it's a very, like, you know, hey, at least she got it, like, a nice quick death. Yeah. You know, she, I, I really like her as a character. Yeah. She's one of my favorites of the show. And at least it was just, like, from, you know, shot in the back of the head, on the ground, that's it. And she was like, I'm going to Acapulco, things are great, and then just, you know. <laughs> yeah. So thank God for that, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So is that where the episode ends? We see Lauren walk outside and smoke a cigarette, which I think is interesting, because I don't think we've seen him smoke before, have we? He lights up a so. cigarette and just walks down the street. That's yeah. where it ends. So I thought that was interesting. They decided to... Are you excited for next week's episode? Yeah? Should oh I boy. be excited? Um... Do you think I'm going to be, be mad? happy. Sad? You, you're, oh, okay. I thought you were going to be really angry at the end of this episode. 
I think you're going to be happy at the end of next week's episode. I no, just... you know what? Actually, you're going to be pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about a couple of things. <laughs> so, next next episode I will be feeling furious and ha- furiously happy. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to get to the trivia, yeah, which, let's run uh, like, it's been for a while now. It's just the title. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to discuss this. It's very important. All right, and I just pulled it from. Oh, the answer. The answer is here in the trivia. I okay. didn't read it. I just saw that it says the answer is too. Have you? Do you know the answer? I don't right now, but it is right here. <laughs> okay. So the title of the episode is called "The Fox, the Rabbit, and the Cabbage," and a man has to take all three across. The mm-hmm. lake, but he can only carry one at a time. And if he leaves the fox with the rabbit, it'll eat the rabbit. If he leaves the fox or the rabbit with the cabbage, it'll eat the cabbage. Right? Mm-hmm. So what do you do? How do you get all three across the river without those two things eating the other two? The other option between the what? Which is leaving the fox with the cabbage. Okay, but he, see, see what you're thinking about is one side of the river. So he takes the cabbage across, and then he goes back. And then what does he take? Across? Wait, no, he takes the rat, the rabbit across. Then he goes back. Mm-hmm. What does he get then? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want do you want you me to it? tell you the answer? Did you already read it? I started to. Yeah, I accidentally. Oh, you son of a guy! But I, that's what I was thinking when I. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm gonna. Read okay. It. Okay, go ahead and read it. The answer is hey, spoilers. Take- spoilers, everybody. Uh, the answer is to take the rabbit so the fox will not eat the cabbage. Go back and take the cabbage, taking the rabbit back so it will not eat the cabbage. Then swapping it for the fox, then finally going back for the rabbit. So you gotta go make extra trips, basically, is is the jam here. (laughs) Which, I didn't spend much time thinking about it, because I knew we were gonna, like get into it more here but maybe yeah. i should have given it more no it's fine this episode's gonna be long enough already we don't need to sit here and talk about rabbits and foxes and cabbages okay what's your best death best death um so we got linda nygaard well yeah. no, let's go from the so i think our elevator posse birdie bird is shot first mm-hmm. and then wheezy and then Gemma. And then we hear an unnamed voice on a tape recorder die. Yeah. And then we get Linda at the end. I think I'm going to... Can I go with the all th- like the whole elevator? You want to combine them all in one? Yeah, because I think it's pretty shocking. Yeah, because Linda's death isn't glor- glorious. Yeah. Those three. And, and he just... And it's, eye it's stylized in the way that it's shot. And it's, you know, well lit. And you get, like, the shock Triple and horror. Down. Yeah. So, okay. I think... The Kansas City Three. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> I oh, mean, no, Las Vegas. I could go with I could go with just like Gemma or Birdie or Bert, Bert but um, I think all three of them is all like three just of them get best up. I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. Who goes? Who does he shoot first? I'm pretty sure it's goes Birdie Bert, we, Wheezy's in the middle, and Gemma's last because she's the one who screams. His okay. fiance. Yeah, I wonder pretty if like up. I'm sure there was more shock for the first person but um all right and our mvp of the episode we're gonna have to argue about this a little bit okay we have lauren linda and lou triple l the ill posse and you you're on board with lou i put lou because i think that his um i think that 
he gets he's MVP for not giving uh, Lauren Lester's information. And I think that he just does a really solid job in the, his performance for that scene. But Linda proved to, proved, has proven herself to be ride or die. Linda was, like, kind of the character to make this episode. <laughs> we had another one like that, too. I forget who, who that mm. character was. But, like, it was her scenes that made it, like, kind of funny, kind of, like, inter- like. I don't know. I think that she she did the most to be like entertaining and, and interesting and if need be, I'll cede to the fact that Lou is the episode MVP just because I like Lou so much. But I, I didn't think you would fight me very hard when I put Lou's name down. But Linda, Lauren, he's already won like twice. Yeah, and Lou, <laughs> um, has has Lou won it all yet? I don't think so. Okay. I can tell you he's going to win next season. At yeah. Least. <laughs> at least one. I hope so. <laughs> now that um, he comes back. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just, I think that what we had talked about with that final showdown, or that, that one scene, really... Um, why, don't we, why don't we switch, why don't we divvy the MVP slot into the male and female league just for this episode? Okay. The male MVP of the episode... <laughs> What about what about if we divided it rather than gender by like who's dead and who's alive? Yes, perfect. Who's <laughs> who's your favorite alive character in the episode? Yeah, Lou. Who's your favorite dead character? Linda. Linda. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> all oh, right, God. and that's all for our Fargo discussion. Uh, we have a quite a long after the bells i think today um it's been maybe a little too long since we've recorded so apologies um but feel free to stick around for that mm-hmm. uh, next week we'll be covering season one episode 10 the finale morton's fork you can find us on twitter and instagram at fargonpod and you can email us at fargonconclusionpod at gmail.com if you have something nice or terrible to say Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find me, Cody, on Instagram at ShamePrayer and listen to my band Bold Villain on all streaming platforms. And you can find me on Twitter at Teaflow or check out my website at TiffanyFlowers.co. <laughs> well, um, I want to add in the... Um, our show artwork is from the Fargo movie and mm-hmm. our music from the episodes are from the TV show and the soundtrack by Jeff Russo. And so until next week, don't tell Lauren or Mick Mike that this is what you want. Aces. What the heck do you want? Just wanted to have a look at you. Okay. That'll do it. Aces is like, yeah, perfect. Okay. Hey Tiff, the bells just happened. What do you, what do you think? What are you thinking about? Um, do you, do you want me to go first? Yeah, well, yeah, go ahead. Okay, you maybe we should, like, switch off so it's... No, no, no. You, you, let's from, let's, let's, you, you talk, you dish. Okay, so I read, like, a lot of books, and most of them are, um, are, like, in the romance genre, um, <laughs> recently, or, like, YA, um, but all fun, so I'm just gonna highlight a few of them. I read sure. Beth and Amy, which is a... I read the first book from this uh, author, Meg and Joe, which is a modern retelling of Little Women. And I read it like two years ago 
and thought it was interesting. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, I didn't realize there was a Beth and Amy, which is the other the other two sisters in Little Women. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it's a modern retelling where it's like happening. Did you like the new Little Woman? I did. Okay. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it. Oh, no. it's good. Um, Tom liked it. So. Gay. That, um, <laughs> so Beth and Amy, it was fun. Um, if you like that kind of thing, like. Yeah. Um, I hear it's good. Little Women and just, you know. It's interesting. It's classic, es- especially right? because the big thing with Little Women is that. Um, to maybe try to avoid spoilers, there's a certain, like, romance relationship dynamic that everybody, like, wants, and then it goes a different way, and so even in the retelling, it's sort of hard to be, like, how, like, how does this, like, it really just feels like personal preference of the author to just be, like, no, (laughs) that's not how the story goes, and so it seems like there's a little bit of work to be done for anyone telling the story to kind of try to make that feel real, more believable. Um, the other book, uh, the more recent book that I read, The Roommate, it's about this girl who uh, moves in with her high school crush, like her childhood crush, but he has to go on tour like immediately and just like ditches her basically. So she moves in and he finds a... Um, someone to rent out his room while he's he's gone. he's like a musician? Yeah. Okay. Uh, And the roommate is a porn star. Oh. So that's that's really fun. (laughs) Is it like a... Hmm. How old is the person in the book, the main character? Um, I think like late 20s. Okay. Uh, So it's not like a coming of age book. No. But she's like... She's... um, very like waspy, like n- <laughs> New England money, you know, and then is kind of like horrified, you know, at the yeah. idea of even sharing a bathroom with this guy. And then, you know, it is fun. It's a fun book. Hmm. Um, Wait, hold on. I have one more question about Beth and Amy as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so it's, is it like, are, and what was the other one called? Meg and Joe. Are they like sequels to Little Women? No. In a way? It's, um, so, obviously, Little Women takes place in, like, I think the early 1900s. Yeah. Oh, 1800s? so it's like, yeah. But this is, like, so... Set um, in modern times or yes. something? Yes. Okay, okay, I got you now. But they, That's cool. But all the characters basically have the same names. There might be, like, a couple of small tweaks, like... Are Meg and Joe in Beth and Amy? Yes. Cool. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so that focuses on the two oldest sisters <laughs> for the first one, and they're typically, like the main characters yeah. that's like um Saoirse no I say that Saoirse. I just said that wrong Saoirse Ronan and yeah. Emma Saoirse Watson Ronan. like that's and it, honestly like because Florence Pugh plays um fucking Florence Pugh um Amy in the 2019 movie it made me really like this character because I was just picturing Florence Pugh like doing all the stuff and I was just like oh so you had the per- the actor in your head playing the part yeah <laughs> yeah I think that that really like s- sold me on even even Megan uh Megan Joe I was sort of still thinking of the actors yeah. um and then never saw me coming this isn't actually a romance but um it's these um psychopaths are in this program at a school and the school 
like pays for their tuition for them to come be in the program so that they can like st like study them and like do different like psychological tests and someone is murdering the psychopaths and they have to like figure out who it is and there's a kid that's like pretending to be a psychopath but he's actually roped in with all the psychopaths what, what? they're psycho like yeah and the the main girl is like i'm gonna kill this guy that that sexually assaulted me when i was a kid and then she ends up like having to figure out who's killing all the like people in their group so is it like is it kind of a horror yeah, more horror. Story? A little more horror, yeah. Okay. No, huh. no, like, good vibes, honestly. At the end, it's kind of like... like horror, movie, horror stuff, do you? No, I don't even... I honestly don't remember so who... Someone made you want to read that. Someone told me to, and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Huh. I love... There's something that's... Wouldn't expect that, Eddie. There's something really fun to me about the... Um, when people are very like specific and intentional about their behaviors, like the intro of Dexter, where he's like, I bring like, you know, donuts for this and I do this. So people will think I'm normal. And oh, like psychopaths yeah. as a person with a lot of anxiety, like who's had to spend <laughs> a lot of time thinking about how to behave normally. Like, I think that that's like, <laughs> it's always entertaining to me. Um, and then hot dog girl. Yeah, is, you see, I was. I see. You scared me for a second because you skipped over Hot Dog Girl in, in the show notes here. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Are you not going to talk about it? Because we talked because we talked about it in the beginning. Yeah. So Hot Dog Girl <laughs> is a YA story where this girl works at an amusement park. As like she's you know, just before her senior year, she's working there during the summer, and she has a huge crush on this guy who is dating the girl that always gets to play the princess. Mm -hmm. But she has to wear the hot dog costume. Oh. Um, and so she's, like, pining after this guy. And then she starts fake dating her best friend. Who is a guy? or Who woman? is a girl. Okay. And, and she is bisexual. And she realizes Aww. how much she loves her best friend. And it's Aww. great. Hot dog girl romance. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, ex like, I love, I love fake dating. Uh, I love. Uh, and you listen to this on audiobook? Yeah. Hot dog girl? Are you curious? You want to check it out? I can. Um, I'm just. Well, and you know, Hot Dog Girl Hot was. Girl. Uh, I saw it on the list on the app, the Libby app, and there wasn't a wait time on it, unsurprisingly. <laughs> so I was just like, bam, I'll take that. Take Hot Dog Girl. Um, and then Iron Widow, which is not in this the same category of these others. Iron Widow is the dopest book I've ever read. Bullshit. It's about this, like... It's about Iron Man and Black Widow having a baby. This, like, alternate Chinese history future deal, like, where they take this culture, but they incorporate, like, advanced, like, spiritual technology. Spiritual? Well, yeah, they use, like, spiritual, like, magic, but they kind of, okay. like, merge with technology, so they have these giant animal suits <laughs> that people have to use their chi to, like, power. Like mechs? Kinda, yeah. Really? And, but they... How you read all this shit? <laughs> but it requires two people, and they always put... They always take girls. Okay. And they always... And they usually die, because they're not as strong with their chi as the men, and so they end up just being used like batteries. And so she, super angry, and wants to basically, like, kill the guy that 
was the pilot that worked with, um, that was with her sister. And so she like goes on this whole plot and then she ends up being like super powerful. And she's she, the Iron Widow? Yes. Okay. And she's just on a path to tear down the patriarchy. <laughs> and. Nice. There's, there's some like throupleness. Oh shit. There's a triangle going on too? Yeah. There, uh, she actively is like, triangles are the strongest shape. <laughs> triangles. So. I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> they sure it's are. so cool, and I'm, I was so bummed that when I got to the end to realize that it's... Are they going to make a series out of it? Yeah, it's only the first book. So and, you got to wait. <laughs> and it just came out in September, so it's going to be a bit... But, like, coolest book ever, I... So out of these ones so far, actually, that's the end of your books, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll five get... fucking books. That's... I read over 100 books favorite? this year. Yeah, a little... I started three. Good for you. <laughs> finish any? Did I finish a book this year? Mm. I finished books last year. Last year was a good year for reading for me. Okay. This year, I'm in the middle of three, but I'll talk about, you know, when we get to season four of this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> out of those five, Iron Widow's the one you, you, you were most intrigued by? Yeah, I think it's like one of the top books that I've read this year. Is that YA as well? Iron Widow? Or is that more... It, um, it's kind of YA fantasy because I'm pretty sure she's like 16, 17 because mm. they don't get to they die pretty early doing this pilot <laughs> situation so yeah I would consider that YA but it's kind of hard with YA and fantasy as like an overlap I read a lot of that and sometimes it's in I the YA and sometimes I, it's in I, the fantasy I believe from, coming from you I believe it you believe it? okay <laughs> alright New Matrix I, let me, okay, listen, here's some spoilers. I don't give a shit about The Matrix, so you can spoil the whole thing for me if you want, if you feel like it. I'm not going to spoil any of it because I'm a very nice person. Um, everybody's had differing opinions. I've heard a lot of criticism. I've heard some, like, that was rad hell, like, super cool. It was fine. It was... Keanu Reeves. It was... not going to like a Keanu Reeves movie. Oh, Tom and I recently, we didn't finish the second one, but we recently watched that, most of that, and mm -hmm. it felt, like, on par with, like, the second one. Maybe a little bit better, but to me, okay. the gap between the first and the second is pretty big. Like, the first movie is super, super cool, and then the second one is like, oh, yeah, that, that's fine. That's fun. Yeah, it's a problem with trilogies. I mean, it's just... And no one expected that this movie, the fourth movie in the series Coming to come... Out, what is it? 20... Well, the first 12, one came out in 1999. 15. Yeah. Um, Shit, so, like, Jesus. 20 years later, <laughs> to be as good as the first one. Like, no one was... No one had those... Or, I mean, people should so have had those Would you say if you just go into watching it just being like, I'm just gonna watch a Matrix movie? We watched it at home, and I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't I think I would have been really bored in the theater. There was a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of like action stuff where it's just like a lot of like bodies flying yeah, at each yeah. other and you're like I don't But see do see that's the difference though is you want you know, you probably like like with these books and stuff, you're you're you wanna know what's happening with their feelings and emotions. A lot of dudes are going in just to see oh, there's a fucking cool fight scene that's okay, the last twenty minutes. But the first Matrix movie hits it perfectly where all of the fight scenes are 
I don't know, they're, like, more important to the story, and each one of them feels, like, really cool. Like, I, again, was re-watching it, and it was just like, oh, yeah, this scene is so, oh my god, this is cool. Everything was cool, whereas it felt like, or it felt like with the second movie and this one, that it was just like, how big and epic can we go? And then it just sort of all gets lost in the... Yeah. Uh, which I think happens a lot with action, and I know everyone has, like, differing, like, what'd tolerances you, for that. What do you think about the absence of, um... Morpheus? Morpheus? What's his name, yeah. It was a bummer. Um, but after a while, I, I was fine with the the new Morpheus character, but it's not... I don't know. I feel like maybe they should have just... Why didn't he do the movie? Was there a reason? I don't know. Hmm. Um, because they they made everyone else like have um, kind of like a altered face facial expression type thing, like yeah. in the the new Matrix world. Um, how, and how did Carrie Ann Moss do? She's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. What else is she in? I have no idea. Anything? But do you want to know what <laughs> her? Do you want to know what her non, like her in the Matrix in this new Matrix name is? Okay. Tiffany. <laughs> Wait, does Neo have a new name? His name is Thomas. Bullshit. Thomas Anderson. That was his name. Wait, but does he go by Thomas in this one? In the world, he's Thomas. But once they get pulled out of the Matrix, then they're Trinity and Neo, Neo again. Okay, but, but she's in, Tiffany? Yeah, she, and she's like, yeah, you can call me Tiff. And then later she <laughs> rants about the name Tiffany, which I think is rude. You know, like, She shits on your name? Yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool that there was a Thomas That's and a fun. Tiffany. I like that, actually. That's fun. Um, okay, so, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely, you know, if you're, if you're into it, I think there's a ton of callbacks. It's fun. The, I actually felt like the meta stuff was sort of the most fun at the beginning, but the plot just kind of like mm. got a little too complicated and started dragging and wasn't very interesting. Um, yeah, I just I I wish I cared more about the Matrix, but hey, I, I hope people like it. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about the greatest movie of all time. Okay, I I feel like I'm not even prepared. Like so many people <laughs> have so many thoughts on this that. <laughs> But I watched Spirited Away. You finally like, watched Spirited Away. Yesterday, two days ago. It was, it was good. Aww. It was fun. Isn't it? It's such a fun movie. Yeah. And just the animation is pristine. I was a little high when I started it. Perfect. That's and I was even like, better. What? I'm pretty sure I was high when I watched it too. Yeah. Because my... I, I, had an, I, I had an art class in high school. Mm-hmm. And our teacher got pregnant. She went on maternity leave. And then we got this dude who was just a comic book artist. I think I've talked... I might have talked a little bit about this already. I don't we, think so. Well, we, we talked about... When we talked about um, in another Bells, another... Anyway. Um, I talked a little bit about this where the, there's this guy who was a comic book artist, but he was also a substitute teacher just for funsies, and he would sub art... And he just would come in and he was like, hey, today we're going to watch Batman. <laughs> and then he was just like, have you guys ever seen Spirited Away? I'll bring it in tomorrow. And he just brought it in. And I'd never seen a Ghibli film, and I love it. Just watching Spirited Away, I think I was a little bit high <laughs> in like 11th grade, and I was just watching it, and just being like 8:30 in the morning, just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, the <laughs> music, the music was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the 
energy of the the main girl of just sort of being like trusting yeah and and your parent following your parents into the uh yeah the parents I, I was like are the parents possessed or something because they're just like yeah stop being a whiner come on let's go explore this like old like place and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yeah, the the mom was even like, stop holding on to me so tight. And I was like, you're going into something legitimately scary. <laughs> like, well, I, yeah, no, I think that that's kind of the thing is like the spirits feed on, you know, human, yeah. you know, living souls, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and so they end up in this feast and I don't know. It's that's just, horrifying too. And they yeah. were revealed to, to be pigs. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, kind of horrifying. Also beautiful. The music was great. Um, it's a great movie. Yeah, that's always been. My... I almost like skipped it because I was just like, I feel like I have to build up to it. But <laughs> there's so often movies that I just feel like everyone talks about or thinks are so good that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ready. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. That's always that. That's my recommendation to get into Studio Ghibli movies. Mm -hmm. Ghibli, however you say it. I would say either that or if it's like a young person, probably Kiki's Delivery Service would be a good place to start. I watched Kiki's Delivery Service when I was like young and but really liked see. it. And okay. then I watched it again recently after Castle, or not Castle in the Sky. Um, Howl's movie? Howl's Castle? movie Castle. Yeah. Castle in the Sky is another one that yeah. they did and I'm, I didn't like the book so I'm not sure if I'm gonna, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I'm glad you watched Spirited Away. Great movie. Yeah. Very fun. Mustache guy. I can't remember his name, but the mustache guy is probably my favorite character in the in the uh, furnace room. The spider-like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's probably my favorite. That was really fun for a lot of, like, fantasy ideation for, like, my own writing. It's but... literally everything. Yeah. It's everything you'd want in, like, a fantasy land. Yeah. It's pretty so cool. cool. All right. I, <laughs> I feel like... Lost in Space? I feel like I shouldn't even have another one you because... You say Lost in Space? No, go ahead. Just... I'll, just, I'll just finish it, but I feel like I've been... Hey, Cody, look at me. I spent all my time watching movies and shows. Um, That's our lives. That's Lost in Space is a uh, Netflix show. It's now canceled, but there are three seasons, <laughs> which is a huge bummer. But I, I went in knowing that. I'm like, that'll be fine. And then I got into it. And I'm like, God damn it, Netflix. I canceled it. Um, but it's a remake of a like, 60s show, yeah. which is interesting because... We were watching it with my mom, and she's like... She remembered it? She's like, yeah, I grew up with that character, like, or, you know, um... And, yeah, they... There's the, um, <laughs> tagline from the, the robot, Danger Will Robinson. I'm like... Oh! Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> I know what Lost in Space is. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just like, oh, I, like, I've heard that somewhere, like, what is that a part of? Hi, and Tom. So... Hi, Tom. You're on the podcast. We're talking about Lost in Space. Haven't watched it. <laughs> no. Danger um, Will Robinson, though. I, yeah. Yeah, but um, so then, yeah, my parents had to That's sort funny. of like explain their the understanding lore. of of the, <laughs> the sixties show. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so the there's um, a family that is leaving Earth because it's no longer like Viable. habitable. Yeah. yeah, and they go up into this like. Um, mission to Alpha Centauri, which is like the new livable planet, but they all have to like pass these like different stress tests and like you kind of have to study to do this. So the kid 
I don't know, like 12 or something, mm-hmm. 11, he still has to, like, pass these tests and do all these different things. Okay. And they have, like, a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old, and and they're going with a bunch of other people, but they crash on a planet, and the robot, there's, you know, they find the robot, and... They find the robot on the planet? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was with them the whole time. Sorry, they just... Will Robinson runs into him, and oh. he saves him nice. from, like, he helps him, and so then the robot starts to take care of him. But there's a character played by Posey Parker. Um, Parker named... Posey? Yeah. Sorry. I'll edit that out. <laughs> Parker Posey. I was like, Posey Parker? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was too I on, her. too on like a Yeah, you're a going flow. for it. Sorry, sorry. I interrupted All right. So, character it, named Parker, Parker Posey. Posey. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I love her. She's so beautiful. Yeah. I would marry Parker Posey. I mean, I would marry Posey Parker. So, come on. <laughs> um, and she is playing this, like, kind of chaotic character that I think is similar to Lauren Maltvaux. In, like, she is pretending to be someone else to sort of... She did that to even try to get off the ship that was crashing. Yeah. And so then she had to, like, she kept up the lie, and then every chance she gets she like will just try to save herself instead of working with the others and she's constantly lying um and and it's just like this you know like she sees something that's going on where everybody's working together and like working (laughs) towards their mission and she's like no and like you start to see her doing different things and you're like what how is that gonna like help her and then you see the plan unfold and like you know she's just kind of working against them in a lot of ways, but then has to work with them in order to get out. Huh. So I think it's like a fun, it's a really fun character. Would you, let me ask you this though. So you watched all three seasons? No, I'm on season two. Oh, okay. Um, I was, I was going to ask if it wraps up at season three in like a helpful, like a nice way, but I guess yeah, you know, we'll talk about it on another Well, podcast. one thing that's interesting is like, I've heard, I heard more recently that Netflix is pretty intentional, I guess, about, not doing uh, shows past like season two or three because they what the fuck they get <laughs> new subscribers from the new shows and they get it doesn't like they don't get any growth. But what the fuck? Because they but, they put Mindhunter on indefinite cancel. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and there's too, there's after. so many shows that people are upset about that they get into with Netflix and they just I'm gonna um, cancel my Netflix. Fuck you, Netflix. But what I think is sort of weird is Lost in Space as a 60s show. I haven't seen it, but most of those shows are very um, episodic. So you can just have a contained episode. Yeah. And you can go forever. And this really lends itself to that kind of thing. It's, oh, does it? It's, and it's a little bit more family friendly. Like it's not like rainbows everywhere but like you know it's not super gory it's not <laughs> yeah like <laughs> or breaking bad <laughs> so you could watch it as like a family without it being you know too intense yeah and so that really seems like a show that you would want you would only want to do if you're willing to kind of go for a while hmm. right like i don't know you think but i guess netflix is making bad bad decisions pieces of shit all right i am done um I started Succession, Tom. This is not my podcast. Tom, I started Succession. It's good. It's good. And four episodes in. 
episode four, and you said the last thing you saw was like yeah. So so far, yeah. The dad the dad has had he peed on the floor. Yeah. Um. Wait, am I supposed to spoil? Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't know. It's it's a. You're cool not show. gonna spoil anything with what you know in <laughs> to episode four. So you're, yeah, good you're good. Point. I like the sister very much. Yeah, Shiv is a great character. The, both of the brothers are just. What do you douches. think about her, her fiance Tom? I mean, he's comic relief. Yeah. Just like this real Tom. <laughs> did, uh, did you recognize him as the uh, Mr. Darcy of the 2005 Prime Prejudice movie? Oh yes, of course. I remember. I just watched that the other day. Mm. You're not a little real women, f- right? Is that what you're <laughs> talking about? <laughs> One day there will be more of a merging of our. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun, sh- it's a good show. Um, I do, I, I understand why people like it. It's not my favorite thing of all time yet, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep watching it. It's not my favorite either, but it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. And I think that the way that it's filmed almost is like, uh, like documentary style, I guess. The they, camera moves around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard from different like interviews kind of that, me out of it a little bit. Sorry, go on. that they kind of treat it like, um, like a set on, um, on like a play and the cameras just will move wherever. So there's less like, a, I mean, I'm mm. sure there is still like certain blocking that they do, but that anybody who's on the set could be filmed at any point. So you kind of just have to be in character and they just sort of improvise a lot. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, that makes sense for Kieran Culkin's character, I would say, more than anything, because he's just like, yeah. to be like, oh. I listened to an interview with Brian Cox, the dad, um, who initially seemed just like Logan, and I was like, I hate you, this is terrible. And then he started talking in his regular accent, I was like, oh, where's he from? You're so nice. Um, I think he's Scottish, maybe? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and he was complimenting the shit out of Kieran Culkin <laughs> and his imp- improbabilities and I was just like my heart was all like warmed from yeah I'd fuck Karen Culkin yeah right Tom he's a good looking guy (laughs) I can't wait for you to get to the third season there's oh my god there's three I thought there's only two the third season just just finished so much shit to watch (laughs) but season three is a good Roman season (laughs) just saying okay good to know yeah. Good to know. Which is is there a season in particular that's ship season? Based on the like the opening scenes in the first season, you see that it it appears to focus m- most on one boy that seems like it's Kendall, mm-hmm. and then there's a girl that's more prominent in the second one. So people think that that's a little bit more of Shiv, but okay. I don't know. I mean. They're all kind of doing their own things, and then the third one, it seems like there's an additional, like, more kids, and it seems like it could be more Roman-focused. What's the goober cousin name? Cousin's Greg. Name? Cousin Greg. Greg. He's the best. Yeah, Greg. You know what? Actually, Greg's my favorite. Yeah. Just he's crazy. He's, he's just a derp. Yeah. And let's, so the boys, let's talk about the boys for a okay. second. Okay. Moving on from Succession. Amazon show. Did you, you just start it? I've watched, there's 16 episodes on Amazon. Does Tom like... Do you like superheroes at all? No. Like, at all? Not at all. 
Not even a little. Not even a little. What if there was a show about trying to kill superheroes? Nope. What if it starred Carl Urban? Don't know who that is. I should not be on this podcast. I came to observe. You're our third mic. You know how, like, <laughs> podcasts have, you know, like, like, you, you, you've listened to Howard Stern, he has the third mic, usually, on his podcast. Well, I'm, I'm like a Robin? You're, no, you're Al, or, uh, what's the fat guy who's addicted to heroin? Oh, Artie Lang? Artie Lang, you're Artie I think Lang. I'm more like Fred. That's, that's Robin. Haven't you always wanted to be an Artie Lang? No. <laughs> Do you think that you're the Howard Stern? Obviously, to my, obviously, to my look at my Robin. Curly hair. Okay, Do you fine. know Robin's last fine, name? Fine, Robin Wright? No, that's the actress. <laughs> yeah. You can be Howard Stern, I'll be Robin. Okay. Artie Lang. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a Fred. Okay, fine. I mean Fred, I would whatever. I would rather be Robin because she's a better person. But in terms of star power, I feel like maybe. Something <laughs> anyway, the boys. <laughs> if you liked Wandavision, okay, check out the boys. It's just sixteen episodes are about forty five minutes apiece, and it's more of a drama than it is about like superheroes. I've heard of it before. It's really good. Yeah. Big fan. Basically uh, kind of like a more realistic, like, tr- even trauma-based take on, like, yeah. what it's like to be a superhero. Yeah, like the first... <laughs> the first episode's a lot. Even just watch the first episode. Yeah. If you like the first episode, you like the rest. If you don't like it, move okay. on. But definitely watch the first episode. <laughs> I've also got a... I saw Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie, Licorice Pizza. Which I don't want to spoil anything about, but it is... It's not his best movie, but every movie he's made is good. Yeah. Pretty much. So, it's a good movie. It's very different. Is there pizza? Is there licorice? No. No. There's a lot of waterbeds. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Um, But the acting... The choice of actors is very interesting because the two main stars are like just these unknown like 20 something actors yeah um and they're really good and the one the girl in it uh is in a band called Haim with her two sisters and it's also very interesting because the main actress her family in the movie is played by her actual family which is pretty cool that always seems like such a interesting line to Mm -hmm. potentially walk yeah and it's just, it's a fun movie. It's really good. Bradley Cooper's really good in it. Tom Waits is in it, so of course I'm going to love Do you it. think my mom would like it? Cause she oh, absolutely. Bradley Cooper. I took my mom to it. Okay. Yeah. She... Bradley she really, Cooper... Sorry. Go on. She just really likes Bradley Cooper. They were... They saw Lady Gaga in Vegas. My, her and my dad. <laughs> and Bradley Cooper showed up. Like, he was in the... In the stands. Yeah. And then Lady Gaga pulled Bradley Cooper on stage and they did like a duet together and my mom like <laughs> Okay. very excited then to be yes, present she for will them. Absolutely love it. Okay. Because Bradley Cooper plays um oh god, who's she married to? Oh, wait, wasn't she? Bradley Cooper basically plays oh fuck, what's <clears throat> hold on one second. I'm gonna edit this out. Yeah, this is getting... How long are we going? <laughs> two hours and 32 minutes. Holy shit, goddammit. Okay, we're going to talk about this really quick, and then I just got to talk about one more thing. Benny Safdie's also in it, so that's pretty cool. Man, this is going to be an editing nightmare. <laughs> Fuck it. Bradley Cooper basically plays um, a singer who's married to Barbara Streisand in the movie. Oh. And he's like a fucking maniac. 
<laughs> Sounds great. It's so much fun. Also, um, Sean Penn, John C. Riley's in it. Just everybody's in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the last one? Oh yeah, the last duel I also saw. Good, bad, meh. Good movie. It did horrible at the box office, apparently. Yeah. Um, but it's an intre- I hated it in the first third. Hmm. Interesting. But then when they started retell, because it's the same story retold from three different perspectives. Hmm. Which is pretty interesting. I'm I'm a fan of that type of narrative. But I will also say. It's based on a historical event that mm-hmm. took place in France, and Matt Damon and the other actors, everybody does an English accent, which mm. <laughs> is goofy and it's in English. Yeah. And they're all like supposed to be French people, but they're speaking in English accents. So it's kind of, you just yeah. take it at face value, it's fun. Well, you know, in all good movies where there's, like, royalty that's, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's made in the United States and the English, or the, like, American girl gets to go be a princess or whatever, <laughs> they always just have, like, a vaguely British accent with, like, a maybe, like, a little that? bit of French or something. Because that? Uh, and so, you know, it's just standard. Oh, yeah, maybe. as long as you accept it, it's fine. <laughs> so that's it. All right. Done? Done. Take them on to licorice pizza. Aces! Aces. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be the sign off. <laughs>